Evening. Rolf, Rolf the dog. Sit yourself down. Kermit, Kermit the Barn. Pleased to meet you. I'm no Heifetz, but I get by. That was very nice. Oh, a broken heart, right? Was it sure? Listen, when you've been tickling the ivories as long as I have, you've seen a broken heart for every drop of rain, a shattered dream for every fallen star. Exactly. She just walked out on me. Yeah, typical. That's why I live alone. You do, huh? You bet. I finish work, I go home, read a book, have a couple of beers, take myself for a walk and go to bed. Nice and simple. Stay away from women. That's my motto. But I can't. Neither can I. That's my trouble. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it cause the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. I see what you mean. It's no good complaining and pointless to holler. If she's a beauty, she'll get under your collar. She made a monkey out of old King Kong. I hope that something better comes along. Still, it's fun when you're fetching and agree to see an etching that you keep at your lily pad. There is no solution, it's part of evolution. The bitter patter of souls, the little feet of tadpoles. Uh, Ralph, tadpoles don't have feet. Oh, sorry about that. Two, three, four. There's no limitation to mixing and matching. Some get an itching for a critter they've been scratching. A skunk was badgered, the results were strong. I hope that something better, I hope that something better, I hope that something better comes along. It's time to light the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to get things started on the movies for babies tonight. My name is Peter Boyle. I was in Young Frankenstein. Now it's time to collect a paycheck on the Muppet Show tonight. On the it's time to bother Raymond. It's time to talk to mom. It's time to get things started on the Raymond Show tonight. <laughs> oh, my wife's name is Deborah, and my brother is tall. It's time to get things started on the Raymond Show tonight. Wow, that's a. I was not expecting to go down this uh, route of memory lane, but here we are. That's, uh... After an homage to a riff we did in college. <laughs> a, no, guys, a riff that Family Guy has made at least twice. Is that true? Specifically they've related to Everybody Raymond Loves Raymond? And they've made Raymond and Kermit sounding alike jokes at least twice. No, no, no. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if we... I, oh, I couldn't tell you the origins of this <laughs> in-joke. Uh, but but I don't know if it is related to Raymond sounding like Kermit. Because we are doing a, a very different thing, you see. I remember where the bit came from, but I don't... I remember, like, the setting, but I do not remember what the hell inspired it. Uh, Peter I remember, Boyle coming out 
and saying, my name is Peter Boyle. I was in Young Frankenstein. Now it's time to collect a paycheck <laughs> on the Raymond show tonight. tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, which is uh, exquisite. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, if if I could remember enough about the character of Deborah, I would simply uh, <laughs> keep going. Uh, but I don't. I, 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 don't. I cannot picture her with uh, with her hands detached from her hips. Oh, you know they was on those hips, and she was disapproving of what Raymond was up to. Justin, do you? I know Kevin won't, but Justin, do you remember Arms Akimbo from Freakazoid? They, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a. That ah, <laughs> oh, that was the Legend of Zelda. Uh, you just da 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 and it's just Freakazoid's rotating head in my hands. <laughs> there was a. He was a mobster. He was a villain on Freakazoid, and his name was his name was Arms Akimbo, and he perpetually had his hands stuck on his hips. And he would hit you with his elbows. That's <laughs> a very dumb bit. Anyway, we're I'm, off the rails completely. I'm excited for the Animaniacs coming back. I think it'll be good. I'm glad you can be so optimistic about a reboot of a 90s cartoon show. I simply cannot, I'm afraid. And I think that's okay for me, an almost yes. 30-year-old man, to not like the contemporary Animaniacs. And that is... Not a betrayal of the fandom. That is, in fact, the natural no. course of life. Oh, 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 oh! You mean the the dedicated Spielberg Looney Tunes universe? Yeah. yeah. If you listen, it's just a natural part of life that when the Thundercats are rebooted, eventually you won't like it anymore. <laughs> that is. I think, uh, that's getting old. I think children. the Good Feathers is still a timely joke. <laughs> uh, Kevin is right because. The Thundercats were re- rebooted like ten years ago, and no one watched it. So, no. uh, uh, they were—I think they—they're about to or have been rebooted like one year ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They were rebooted last year, and like the the usual group on YouTube got mad. The usual crowd was like, "They're uh, Cal Arts animation style ruining." Uh, the great timeless pop cultural artifact of the yeah. Thundercats, which was of speaking course of, ruinable. It was so good that it could be ruined. You see, speaking speaking of uh, bits that are terrible parodies of existing theme songs uh, of unknown origin. I remember a, a long time in my life, uh, and by a long time I mean like a couple week period, where it was very funny to me. To sing, uh, Thundercats are on the move, Thundercats are loose, Thundercats want food to eat, Thundercats want juice. Uh, I don't know, it's funny to me, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> you know what my favorite part of that joke was? The ending! <laughs> How do you like that the movie? That joke wasn't half bad. You're right, it, it was, was all bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part of the movie? It hasn't started yet. Oh, that's my favorite part, too. Oh! <laughs> one of my favorite... Speaking of Webster memories, because that's what the show is now. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite memories... There's a set that I was on, and I will not say the set or the filmmaker attached to it, but uh, I had a great time with Avery Waddell uh, 
poking our heads over an overhanging balcony and imitating those two guys, Statler and <laughs> Statler Waldorf. And Waldorf. <laughs> uh, I had a great time with our friend Avery Waddell, <laughs> just making fun of those guys and making jokes about the movie we were working on. Oh! Uh, that, that, that's honestly the dream, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Could you ask for anything better? Because I could. Just, just being with Avery in general, honestly. Well, that, 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 that's true. The only yeah. bad thing about being with Avery is that I feel so ugly because he's so handsome. Such Absolutely. a handsome boy. Such a dashing young man. Inferior in all ways of like recording audio and playing Splatoon, you know, just, uh, <laughs> right. just... <laughs> if, you know, I thought I was the best audio recorder slash Splatoon player, but, um, I'm just not. I'll have to settle yeah. for second best. Yep. Yeah. It's. I, I, I hope Avery's doing well. I've not talked to that guy in a long time. I'm a big fan of Avery. Yeah, I think he's actually. I think he's actually quit Splatoon. I think. Um, yeah, that's right. I think he's doing. He's doing drumming again. I, I watched his YouTube channel. Yeah, I watched him drum covers. I, I watched him drum uh, while wearing a Yu-Gi-Oh dual disc, uh, and that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You can't get better than that. That that that, that is the most boss thing I've heard in many months. Absolutely, Kaiba himself could only dream. Oh dream uh, of of attaining Avery's yeah. suave. He, he tried to... with Kaiba Man, but he could never he could never break the wall. Folks, welcome to Avery's Four Babies. <laughs> this is Fern. Where we talk about our college <laughs> friend Avery. Avery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's great. He's great. Would recommend. Love him. Um, uh, yes, this Peter is... and Doom to You. Uh, uh, the Audio guy for every day but one on Pet Turtles. Uh, Avery is a wonderful human being. He's a wonderful man. Uh, he's appeared on the Puffin Publishing podcast several times at this point, uh, yeah. I- including uh, you know an early incarnation of Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, and I would, uh, 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 much like the movie we are covering today, uh, would highly recommend Avery Waddell. Would would yes. <laughs> one of the uh, an exemplar of his genre, uh, much yep. like the movie we're much like the movie we're talking about today, a well crafted masterpiece of a person. yes, and and I'm happier in life knowing that Avery exists. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. right, just by virtue of having known Avery, like my life's better. Just like by virtue of having watched this movie, my life's better. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Avery's a, a wonderful human being. The movie. exemplar of his genre, any any repeats or sequel attempts to Avery will ultimately yield diminishing returns, even mm-hmm. though some of them, I'm sure, are quite good. Um, it's just you, you cannot improve upon what has been done in regards to our college friend Avery Waddell. We've peaked. I'm Lord afraid. knows I've yeah. sunk so much money in my Avery duplication technology, and man, science is not ready for it yet. Yeah, I rebooted Avery in the 2010s with Jason Segel, and it was, like, financially successful. You know, it's not... It's not, yeah. it's not it was a, fine. It's it was not a guys, superior work. Guys, uh, I did Avery was awards. on... Guys, Avery was... I don't know if this sketch ever made it to air, and I hate that it hasn't, because it's so funny, but Avery was on Puffin as Robert Louis Stevenson, and Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Treasure Island, and there was a Muppet Treasure Island. Whoa. And it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Probably oh, the just... best of the Brian Henson era movies. I yeah. I think I'm going to give the edge to Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, I just, I think mm-hmm. that is, maybe holds up better as a singular piece. But That's fair. Muppet That's Treasure, fair. But, but the thing Muppet Tre- uh, Christmas Carol doesn't have is a door that was built to look like it was filmed with a fisheye lens, which is something that they did in Muppet Treasure Island, and I simply must give them props for it. Oh, yeah. I, for, like, 
not since the cabinet of Dr. Caligari has anyone bothered to, like, morph the shape of the very building to fit, like, a visual style. God, that's kind of true. Everyone forgot that sets can look like anything. <laughs> right, like, you don't have to ma- build a Actually, regular wait, no, place. no, Tell a lie. Monkey Bone has really... Stupidly oh. creative sets. Well, you ain't wrong about Monkey Bone. You know, but Justin, you've been wrong before, bone. but not about Monkey Bone. Is uh, is is Mabba Treasure Island? Do they sing Kokomo in that? No, Mm-mm. no. I then where I know the Mupp- I know the Muppets sing Kokomo, and it feels like it would be in Muppet Treasure Island. There but I is see where it would. There be. is maybe like a a brief shout. Okay, Muppet. Because Co- say Co- anything about, say what you like about Co- Muppets Treasure Island. They are thematic. The songs in that movie are very thematically relevant. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Vern. Um, Muppets sang Kokomo as a part of the Muppet Beach Party album. Uh, the Muppet uh. Beach Party album. Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense for uh, uh, Kermit, who uh, was playing the captain in Muppet Treasure Island, to have sang Kokomo. Why that would be that would preposterous. I it's I I saw Muppet Treasure Island whenever it came out. I saw it three times in theaters, but even then, I don't recall a lot of it. And uh, as right. a thirty-year-old man, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's there. Maybe there's a scene where the in Monty Python and the Holy Grail they do the Knights of the Round Table when they arrive at Camelot. It's definitely I can not see outside the realm. The Muppets of arriving on an island um, and singing Kokomo in Muppet Treasure Island. I could see it happening, but have yeah. you if you've seen any adaptation of Treasure Island ever, then you know the plot to Muppet Treasure Island. Right. They just <laughs> do the book, but injecting, you know. Jokes! Just a healthy amount jokes. of, because uh, this is the Brian Henson era, so Gonzo and Rizzo have really, like, made themselves elite-tier Muppets at this mm-hmm. point. So, like, <laughs> They're a, the lot, audience a lot of our movie is on Gonzo and Rizzo, and uh, Kermit and Piggy, of course, have a central uh, figure, um, but... They they really give Fozzie the short shift of the oh, of, yeah. of of your top five Muppets, and there are always top five Muppets. There is a there is a fifth slot that rotates, but it's always Kermit, Fozzie, Piggy, Gonzo, and a rotating fifth depending on what era of Muppet yeah. you are dealing mm-hmm. with. So in the Muppet mm-hmm. movie, it's Rolf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But by the time we get to Muppets Take Manhattan, we've introduced Rizzo. And then, well, before that, during that intermediate period, I think it was Animal. Animal has been the fifth Muppet. Um, and then, like, Pepe the Prawn was the fifth Pepe Muppet the for Prawn. a while. No, that, they were really trying to make that the, guy uh, pop. I, yeah, but th- that was during like the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, just was, talking, we're talking about different eras. Yeah, they yeah, did, yeah. I think they were trying to make Walter happen, but Walter. Um, after the Seagull movie, you know, he's in the mm-hmm. next, like, they keep Walter around, but he's he around, is not, but... he is not fifth Muppet yeah. material. Walter Whenever, is, like, scooter yeah. tier Lord knows Muppets. they tried, they tried with Clifford. Oh, they tried with Clifford, and they just couldn't make him work. Couldn't make it Whenever happen. Disney sunk their teeth firmly into the Muppets, and kind of made the Muppets this, like, bastardized version of itself that it is when now, like, when disney sunk their teeth into the muppets and shook it around like a dog that is rough with its toys and you just yes. watch kermit's 
straining neck as this <laughs> rabid beast tears apart and rips the stuffing out. Yeah, it's... Okay. So, they, guys, I actually have they, a theory as to what Disney does wrong with them, and I want to run it by you. Yes, uh, I want to hear it, but real quick, um, yeah. one of the things that they perpetually do wrong, and I'm sure we'll get more into this, but, like, Jim Henson was an artiste. Disney is mm-hmm. a, a, a confectioner. And... Because Disney does not understand the Muppets. Disney, uh, the Muppets to Disney is just a thing we have to do. We have to do something with the Muppets every five years so we can keep the contract on them. But, like, because Disney doesn't know how to make them work, they do that dumb thing that, like, not creative people do that they think is creative. It's like, let's introduce a new Muppet. And it's always so, like, when I worked at Disney, anytime I had, like, an hour before I had to be at work... And I could just kill some time. I would go watch Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, Hell and yeah. Hell the, yeah. The, the fifth Muppet in that. Good show. The the fifth Muppet in that is Bean Bunny. And it's like, who gives a fuck about Bean Bunny? Oof. Like, Bean Bunny goes missing during Muppet Vision 3D. And they're like, we've got to find Bean Bunny. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. He no one finds- has ever had to find Bean Bunny. <laughs> Yeah, just it, it's fine. You guys can keep doing what you're doing without Bean Bunny. It's all good. Oh. There's there's a lot that I think uh, Disney does horribly wrong with the Muppets. And I think it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of it boils down to just like, they don't treat the Muppets with the same reverence as Jim Henson did. They do that dumb thing where it's like, Muppet. speaking of Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Treasure Island was like successful and mm-hmm. so then, for a long time, Disney was just like, oh, we can just put the Muppets in other things. Muppet Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, Muppet. Uh, Muppets Christmas on the Kill. Orient Express. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Muppets in 30 Rock. The Muppets sound on... in the Muppets. Uh, gone yes. with the Muppets. <laughs> 120 Days of Muppets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the... There. The Muppetals. A Serbian Muppets. Uh, but it, Gon, uh, Gonzo Girl. Um, the, right. But the, the and, David Fincher parody they did. Gonzo Piggy Girl. does <laughs> Piggy does Dallas. Oh, but the but the issue becomes with um the the and trying to turn the Muppets into a franchise, into a brand, mm-hmm. is a faulty premise right because okay so if you look at the other like big brands that that disney has taken and disney has expanded upon um it's uh, public domain fairy tales which sure mm-hmm. there's room to explore there uh there's moderately uh, successful kids books yeah, but not uh, yeah. too successful that there's any big fandom around. Right, so you get a, a, a something that you can riff off of The Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. etc. Um, Marvel, yeah. which by the time that they take over Marvel, every character has passed through hundreds, if not uh, thousands, of different hands. Mm-hmm. So there is no like one auteur, because um, even Stan Lee does not deserve as much credit as he gets for being like the only idea man. Oh, he not had at many, all. He had many collaborators and most of them could probably take the majority of credit for a lot of his work. You know, Star Wars at that point, there had been 
hundreds if not thousands of books and video games and comics like by the time they're taking it over it's already this large brand the the problem with doing that with the muppets is that the muppets is much less of a brand and more of a comedy troupe it's like yes. it's like if disney had bought the Marx Brothers, and was suddenly like, okay, we need a new guy to play Groucho, we're gonna add some new Marx Brothers, we're gonna try and make, like, the Marx Brothers, like, mm. oh, what if one of them's doing a style vlog on Disney Plus? Ugh. It's such a fun to, yeah, don't watch Ugh. Muppets now, Vern, you'll hate it. Um, terrible, terrible you'll, show. You'll, you'll hate it, and that is my, it's, it's, these are characters created by a group of comedians and storytellers for themselves to act out and and participate in not mm -hmm. we are creating a universe of characters we are right. instead doing a community theater puppet production and these are not characters that are supposed to have a larger brand and it's, I, yeah, that, that's, that's my exact point. Like Vern, when you say that, when you said that the Disney doesn't treat the Muppets with enough reverence, I are my theory. That, that's my central theory of what they're doing wrong going off of Kevin, which he's right in his observations. They treat them with, I think too much reverence because they're trying to turn Kermit into Mickey Mouse yes. as this big brand instead of him being something Jim plays sometimes. Because, like, there's this, like, Muppet YouTuber that I'm terrible, I can't remember the name of him, but he noted that when Jim Henson was alive and he'd do Kermit interviews, he always made sure he was seen playing Kermit. Yes. And it was after he died that they got rid of the puppeteer, period, and it's only Kermit. And that and that's the Disney thing is that there's no that it's that there is no one playing any that there is no actor. Yes, like, um, like Disney whenever... didn't credit the woman who voiced Snow White right. in in the movie. Like it's there's no illusion. I, I had a I had a friend whenever I worked at Disney mm -hmm. who played face characters, Ooh. and uh, she uh, first off uh, they they were constantly uh, on this poor woman about her weight. Uh, oh, a really bet. great company. Excellent um, company. We love to see it. Um, yes, but yeah, you uh, love you. we love you, Disney. We we love you. Uh, thank you for your boots. We love licking them. But also, like, we love licking your big yellow boots. I would love to eat Mickey Mouse's shorts, his little red. Absolutely. Shorts. With with face characters or with any character at Disney, you cannot say, "Oh, this is so and so." They play Belle. You have to say this is so and so. They are friends with Bell mm -hmm. because there is only exactly. one Bell. Right, Bell exists, and mm -hmm. and yeah, it is. It's this complex like you can never credit any of these characters or any of these mm -hmm. face characters or anything like that because it is the character first and not the performer who is yes. embodying the character. Everything and that, and the at Muppets Disney is... are the opposite. Yeah, the Muppets cannot... There, they are... There is never a third... There is never a fourth wall with the Muppets. Ever. Yes. The, the it's closest... It's literally... Half of the sh Muppet show is them backstage. 
Yes. Yeah. The, the closest thing I can compare this to, with the problem with trying to turn the Muppets into a brand, and we will eventually talk about the movie we're here to discuss, yes. but all of this, all of this larger <laughs> Muppet business is interesting. Um, that it's like if Disney had bought the rights to 80s and 90s Saturday Night Live. Yes. And and they were like, no, no, no. Dana Carvey is not the church lady. The church lady is oh. whoever we have to embody. And even though the church lady is so specifically Dana Carvey's sense of humor, the sense of humor in him and the writers that created this character, it would be, it's the same as if there were face characters of Wayne and Garth walking around a theme park. And you're like, no, mm. Wayne and Garth is the specific comedic sensibilities of these two performers and the writers behind them embodying these mm. characters that were created from a comedic genius. And it is not the same as Rapunzel. And Which is, is right. why every Muppet movie that we have nowadays feels like that Three Stooges movie with uh, Will Sasso and Sean Hayes. And like... Uh, whoever was playing Mo, where it's people playing the Three Stooges. The guy who currently voices Mickey Mouse, actually. Really? Yeah, he's and he's and he's actually managed to make Mickey Mouse funny, which is insane. Wow. Um. Well, Mickey Mouse used to be funny. Used to be funny. And they he took, used to be a real piece of shit. Like you watch those early, took, early Mickey yeah, Mouse shorts, yeah. and he's just a real bastard man. And then they took all of his personality that makes him funny and put it in Daff, uh, Donald Duck. Uh, yes. And then Donald Duck became well, what they do, more well, what popular. They do, the way they do him now is they make him try to be a nice man, a good, a gosh golly swell guy, but the world doesn't really tolerate people like that. Mm. <laughs> and right, that's where a... the comedy from, comes from. He tries to be a nice guy, but he can't all the time. Sure. And that's, that's, that's the first interesting thing that has been done with Mickey Mouse since... He, Donald, and Goofy. Yeah, since he, Donald, Go and Goofy were so poor, they were like cutting see-through slices of beans bread. Into yeah, slices. And beans. yeah. <laughs> like that is that is the first interesting Mickey Mouse idea since that era. Yeah, it's it's just it, it 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 doesn't function. So anyway, we just it, we we were inevitably going to talk about like the Muppets as a brand. And I and I like the Seagull movie. I I don't. It's not a great film, but like I remember specifically like being on a film set. Someone's car was breaking down, so we were stuck at that house for another two hours. And I put and we put on the Seagull Muppets movie and had a really good time. It's a it's very different than the Muppets films that has come before it. Um, it's well, that's because it's about the Muppets. It's not it's, really a Muppet movie. It's yeah. a Muppet movie about. It's a movie about the Muppets, and it's as charming. an institution. And I did, and I didn't see Muppets Most Wanted, and I definitely didn't see I, the it, ABC sitcom it, where Fozzie Bear is complaining about traffic on the four hundred five. Like I cannot abide I by both over the weekend. Actually, I cannot abide by oh boy. a show where the, Kermit the, the Frog the is Muppets cheating with a much younger not pig. Bad. The Muppets, the, 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 Muppets the ABC TV show. show isn't bad. It's just a watered down Thirty Rock, but that's fine. Yeah. If you're trying to reboot the Muppets in the mid 2010s, you could have a worse concept. Like that is mm -hmm. that is a pretty okay stock to grow some leaves from. If you're if you're trying to decide on a premise for a TV show, I hated that Jason Segel Muppet movie. I uh, and I, I saw it back in theaters, and I remember. 
being disappointed through the majority of it. And then there was one moment where I was like, fuck this movie. Uh, and that was, there's a sequence where like the garage door opens and they're all in a vehicle and it drives out and it's playing Cars by Gary Newman. And it's like, y'all, this is where the Muppets sing an original song. This is not where they jam to an existing song that's like a nostalgic hit. All of the I, all of the original all of the Oscar winning original songs in the Seagull Muppet movie are sung by humans primarily. Yes, are are sung and, by Jason Siegel and yeah. Amy Adams and rapped by Chris Cooper. Um, and so that's why I was annoyed because like that movie is about the Muppets, but it's for a movie that's uh, that claimed to be a love letter to the Muppets. It got so much wrong about what makes what makes the Muppets work. Uh-huh. You know what there I mean? There aren't any like, third. There aren't any fourth wall breaks in it. I remember hating that movie, and I remember getting very mad because everyone else around me seemed to really enjoy it, and I was just like, "I guess I'm wrong." Uh, but, <laughs> Fuck me! I guess. Uh, no, it's well, uh, like the thing is what I realized like watching the Muppet movie and then Muppets Most Wanted back to back. Oh God. <laughs> is this which okay? For, in, in all fairness, the premise for. Muppets Most Wanted, I really like, in which Kermit the Frog gets swapped with Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. And uh-huh. so this, um, and, and so this, like, Russian crime, like, mass, like, mastermind criminal is trying to be Kermit, while Kermit's stuck in a gulag trying to fix their, like, big show. I think that's a genuinely good premise but, it's fine. Yeah, the thing, it's fine for like a later era Muppet movie, but it just the way. But the problem with it is there's too many people in it, because the way the Muppet movie works is that no, except for the villains, no human is in more than one scene. Which yes, is which and, is correct, which is good. You know, unless you have a Doc right. Hopper, uh, the the humans should generally not be the stars of the show. Right. Uh, or or Charles Grodin in the Great Muppet Caper, which right, which but th- but th- but that's the point. Besides the villain, which you need for story structure, sure, Chris Cooper in uh, the 2011 Muppets, exactly. Um, you you need some sort of uh, Tim Curry is great in Muppet antagonist. Yeah, yeah. The antagonist is a human, and the the Muppets must overcome. Which is fine, because that further, just storytelling-wise, shows the conflict between human and Muppet. Right. Am Um, I a man, or am I a Muppet? Exactly. And, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but also, in in this movie, the Muppets are not treated as like, oh, you're Muppets. They're just, it's it's just Kermit. They're just people. It's just, they're just like, no one, they're not like. They're a bear, but no one calls them a different species. Like, they're, you're a bear, you're not a puppet. You're, yeah, you, they're not this, a, this they're world, not a novelty. They exist in harmony uh, beside each other. Kermit um, calls himself an amphibian American. Right. Uh, that is that is what we're that is what we're dealing with here. Yes. Yeah. They are. They are not uh, in the Muppet movie. The Muppets are not a novelty in that universe. They are just another another thing. Yes. Uh, they are animals, like... but in this world, the this is a normal thing. That yeah. the, like yes. like some sort of I don't know dinotopia where humans Ugh. and dinosaurs exist alongside each other and it's not weird and it's not wrong they are used to it this is normal we all know that there are these weird talking animals that exist and we just we accept it 
Fozzie Bear performs at yeah. El Slizo, and that's not, whoa, look, it's a bear. It's just Fozzie Bear performing at El Slizo. Precisely. Yeah. A, a, a stylized frog is friends with a very realistic looking alligator and that's just <laughs> and that's just the way it is now we're not talking yes. about the alligator from the kermit movie uh where it is like a a, oh, a muppet God, where it's like it's not kermit muppet babies but it's like muppet teens but it's yeah, kermit it's kermit it's, and there's like i remember specifically one of them gets hit by Goggles, a car who was a and, it, and spends the rest of the movie with like tire tracks across his body um, what the fuck? Yeah, it's the Kermit movie. I swear to this was the first Muppet Kermit thing I years. ever saw. Yeah, Kermit Swamp yes. Years. Wow. Yeah, this was the first Muppet thing I ever saw. Was Kermit Swamp Years with like these these weird fraud. Wow. Oh, we should have watched this from two thousand two. Um, no. No. <laughs> You no. wanted to pivot to good things, Kevin. No, I know this was this was a, a mutual decision made after Dinotopia that for the foreseeable future, in a radical change of events, movies for babies will be covering good movies that are enjoyable to watch and to see. And to kick that off, uh, we are watching one of the great films of the seventies, nineteen seventy nines. The Muppet Movie, one of the uh, best kid movies made. Period. Directed by legitimately one of my favorite movies ever. Legitimately, uh, like if I were to make a list right now, if it's not in the top ten, it's in the top fifteen. Absolutely, legitimately one a, of my favorite movies. A great film, uh, one that I was happy to watch for who knows how many times now. Just an enjoyable, lovely. Fi- oh God, mm-hmm. I got the I got the burps. I'm just so excited oh, no. about Kermit that I have the burp. Oh my god. Uh, Kevin's been drinking that, uh, that Fizzy soda that's drink? advertised. He's been drinking that soda that's advertised on the billboard they hide in front of <laughs> in the Muppet movie. <laughs> that very um, 1970s psychedelic uh, rocket pop oh, billboard. Oh. A very clever gag. A very clever just visual, uh, visual that, thing. That but... like They had to set that up. They had to think about it. They had to mm-hmm. like design yeah. the billboard and the car and like do a take where the car parks perfectly. Um, you know, there's a lot of... They had to build a car upside down on top of another car. All, <laughs> be, all in a car driven by puppets. Like there's a lot of work that went into this and it shows and it's not showing off about it but like yeah, we had to build a church that was like rocking and rolling when the electric mayhem was like blowing the doors down. There is We had to like, fill a bar with ethnic stereotypes, but literally every ethnic ethnicity possible. Much again yeah, like a dinotopian society where every oh kind of nefarious character yeah. can exist alongside each other. If and- you took every, if you took the entire catalog of a spirit Halloween put all the costumes in a bag <laughs> and, and shook it and then gave the actors whatever the first three things they pulled out, you would have the clientele of El Slizo. El yeah, Slizo. El Slizo is... That is where, uh, after the, the punch-out boxers get done with their fights, they go to hang out at El Slizo. <laughs> it's just every... Uh, Every stereotype is there. And, like, you have this cavalcade of cameos with... Madeline Kahn, Telly Savalas, Carol Kane, Paul Williams, the fucking composer of the movie. And it's just, it's a beautiful little... uh, uh, James Coburn. James Coburn. Just a beautiful little lineup of people. 
uh, mm-hmm. to run. Okay, so let's. Uh, are, are we are we now thirty five minutes in? Well, it, Shall we begin our discussion of the well, Muppet movie? Yeah. It, 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 yes. In all fairness, is this a movie we feel the need to recap scene by scene? I mean, probably not. Well, I, uh, let's let's do what we usually do and like kind of try and work our way through it. Okay. But the movie is so gloriously episodic. Uh, we mentioned Monty Python earlier, and to me, this is very so. Th- comparing this to other Muppet movies is like this is Holy Grail. And Muppet Caper is Life of Brian, where, like, Muppet Caper is so incredibly plot-based. Like, you are Mm. following a series of the same joke over the course of the movie, whereas this Mm. movie is so episodic. We do have these elements that are carried over, and they are on this one quest but this is a this but, is a sketch movie. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna stop the by the Electric Mayhem Church. We're gonna stop by uh, the and there's just oh we're at a county fair for the a couple. Be- yeah, we, yeah, we got it. Well, no, it's we we know the characters we need to pick up for the quote unquote Muppet Gang. It How feels do we get like them in together and in what order? It feels yes. like a movie version of a variety show. Yes, in a good way, uh, which is a, what the Muppets a, yes. are. A variety yes. show. Yes. Um, it's, you've got your sincere, you know, just like, just like the old variety shows of the 70s. you got your comedy sketches. you got your magic acts. you got your you've music. Got your, your silly songs, your pretty songs, uh, your celebrity cameos. Like, it's it's a movie version of a variety show. Mm-hmm. And uh, as beautifully and translated as I've ever seen that done from, yes. you know, because uh, when... When SNL takes its characters and translates them into a movie, they don't attempt to recapture the same idea. You know, it's like, okay, we suddenly need to build a full character-based plot around Wayne and Garth, or the Blues Brothers, or MacGruber. And Pat some, needs and, a backstory. Right. Stuart needs to save his family. The ladies' <laughs> man is at it again. Um, and sometimes that works really well, like in the examples I listed at first with, with Wayne's World and Blues Brothers and MacGruber. And sometimes it really doesn't because Molly Shannon's superstar character cannot sustain an entire feature film. You or can't Pat. Pat do can't it. do anything. Oh, Pat. Pat doesn't even get the graces of being like a comedy central midday classic like Superstar or The Ladies Man. Like Pat is buried in a sub-basement somewhere. Well, and also because Pat is a hate crime. Yeah, Pat (laughs) is also like a viciously hateful character in the way that Wayne and Garth are not. (laughs) Party on. I I don't know if we need to do a recap, but you guys can cut me off whenever whenever I... I'm, I'm a star, but like... That whole, like, variety show thing being a movie, like, that kind of immediately kind of introduces itself at the very first part of this movie. Um, there's they're, they're introducing a screening of the Muppet movie. Kermit is introducing a screening of the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, but we see this beautiful shot of, like, the movie studio. Worldwide an, studios. This, like, yeah, and there's Atlas an carrying the globe. Um, yeah, there's a there's an overture, there's a stirring, you know, like there's a stirring musical arrangement and like sets being built and actors and costumes and like you immediately see a lot of reverence uh, towards movies and towards entertainment mm-hmm. and, and the the process of making movies of putting on a show 
uh, yes. of, of getting the gang together and working together. It's about the emotional act of, put, of making the Muppet Show. Yeah, yes. the emotional act of, like, you and your friends getting together and making something based on what you like. And mm-hmm. and that feels so endemic to what makes the Muppets successful in the first place, is that mm-hmm. Frank and... Oz has this great Fozzie Bear character, so we're going to bring Fozzie Bear in. This is another thing that I would say that, like, the Muppets used to do, but, like, Disney fails consistently at. This whole sequence is so sincere and mm-hmm. genuine. Yeah. And a lot of modern day Muppets and Muppet movies are just very ironic and very like, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing this. It's, you know very, I mean? it's very Bugs Bunny instead of Goofy. Yeah. Dis- yeah like, despite our, like, despite how frequently the Muppets shatter the fourth wall, it's always sincere. Yeah. It never loses that that element of sincerity. And forgive me, but like this feed is primarily about the TV show community. And that show walks this same line that we are still going mm. to try and demolish the fourth wall, but it is always done with sincerity and reverence and like an affection for these kids. We're not holier than the medium we and are yes. occupying. Even they don't think we... they're smarter than the show they're currently doing. Yes. Yes, and whenever they do break the fourth wall, it's all in service of entertaining the audience mm-hmm. and not... A lot of modern-day Muppets is like, they'll break the fourth wall and they're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening, this sucks. And it's like disparaging the audience and disparaging the medium in which they're working. Mm-hmm. Where, like, whenever they break the wall here, they're like, oh, we've got a running gag. Like... It's it's in service of the movie, and it's just done in a very genuine way, and done looks like, like it's um it's in the great uh, Muppet Caper where it starts out and they're singing a joyous song about how happy it is that they're putting together a movie, yeah, starring everybody and me, like, and it's just like. Guys, we're going to. There's going to be uh, thrills, uh, you know. There's going to be laughs and comedy. Like at one point in the song, like they say, like. We'll, but, uh, well, most of all, you paid the money, wait and see. You know, like, they break the fourth wall, but it's just like, guys, we're going to entertain you. We're going to give you everything mm-hmm. we've got. We want to give you a good time at the theater. Right. Yeah. Um, they, they say, we're very... psyched about this, too. They have yes. a consummate putting on a show attitude. Yes. Like, okay, yes. the, the beginning of this movie necessitates a shot where... Kermit is in the swamp playing a banjo and God help me, I, Jim Henson are going to spend the entire day submerged in a pool because that is what will put on the best show. Not just not just submerged in a pool stuffed inside of a box with a hose for air and that box is submerged in a pool. And that, but that is what <laughs> it is necessary to entertain but, the audience mm-hmm. and that is yes. what we are going to do. And the, the Muppets fill... I, as someone who's, like, going through, like, the full Muppets catalog for the first time, like, they're, I'm filling in some blank spots, um, and God help me if the Muppets show ever gets added to Disney+, Plus, like, that is, that will consume the majority of my mm-hmm. time. Oh, yeah. But, but the Muppets are a comedy troupe, but it's really like, and forgive me for being a fucking theater dork, it's really like a Commedia dell'arte piece, where um, oh, yeah. it is the same roles and the characters are just now you are slipped in here. So in the same way that like mm-hmm. Commedia dell'arte works in archetypes, it's like we have 
uh, Columbina, who is like the mm. the sexual young woman, and we yeah. have the militaristic guy, and we have we have these different archetypes that are being filled. Ildator, Il the, the bumbling scientist, literally. Yes, and in that same way, the, we we have the Kermit archetype, and it's like okay, this time Kermit. In the Great Muppet Caper, they set you up at the beginning where they're like, okay, this time Kermit is a reporter. And he's still Kermit, but he's a reporter. And his brother mm -hmm. is Fozzie Bear. And he's just His, his identical Bear. twin brother. His identical Fozzie twin. Bear. They are twins. Okay? And you just need to know that. It's still Kermit. It's still Fozzie. But they are now twin brothers for the sake of this movie. And mm -hmm. and the uh, and that, that holds through... Even the Muppet Christmas Carols, even through the Treasure Islands, where it's like, no, 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 it's Kermit, but he's the captain of the ship. But it's Kermit, but he's playing the captain of the ship. You mentioned uh, the Marx Brothers earlier, and it's just like... It's the same and thing. Every single, every single Marx Brothers movie, all the Marx Brothers are playing the same characters over and over, oh, yeah. but they just have different names. Whether or not his uh, name is Rufus yeah. T. Firefly, it's still Groucho Marx, and he's still doing the Groucho Marx thing. Yes. yes. Um, anyway, we love the Muppets, folks, and we have a lot of thoughts yeah. about these uh, crazy little puppets. This this first, well, I guess second sequence where it has an amazing just helicopter shot into oh, a crane killer. shot of Kermit in the swamp, like, makes me well up with tears every single time. It's so just, like, sincere. And that song, it's, the Rainbow Con he's singing Rainbow Connection, it's such a beautiful song. Well, what's, I think the secret to it is that it's a, a very melancholic song. Yes. yes. Because, like, Kermit is portrayed at the start as already kind of over the hill as a guy who recognized that, oh, dreams are just dreams. And it's fine for them to just be dreams that I might not ever realize. And I'm not happy with it, but I'll deal with it. But such is life, I'm afraid. <laughs> the first yes. thing that goes is uh, the first thing that goes is the tongue. Yes. Right. Um... It's, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very, yeah, as you said, very melancholic. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, downer lyrics, but sung in a pretty, you know, but, like, done in an uplifting way. Yeah. And that's an, another thing, too, that, like, the original run of Muppets things were not afraid to go into, like, they, they go into deeper emotional things, but not in that fake way that, current movies do where it's like well, we have to have this beat we have to have this mm -hmm. beat like you there there are moments where you genuinely feel sad and afraid for a, a piece of felt mm -hmm. you know what i mean that, like, that i three days ago am like tearing up on the couch as gonzo sings a song about like i'm going to go back to where i belong someday as i sing wistfully yeah. at a sky full of stars yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know I don't know my place in the universe, but by God I'll find it. Right. Yes. And uh, and just... I can, you know, And he does on... find it in Muppets from Space. Uh and, and... Uh, that about which we do not speak. And <laughs> I um and no matter what, when I put on the Muppet movie, like I'm going to kind of tear up at something. Mm -hmm. And this time the Gonzo song got me, but previously the ending has got me, or previously oh, yeah. the opening has got me. Um, yes. Even the Rolf song, if I'm in a real place, it's just earnestness. And the and this movie trucks so deeply in earnestness all mm -hmm. the way through. Justin, uh, I know Kevin. You said we're not going to talk about it, but Justin, you did mention Muppets from Space, and 
they sing Gonzo sings uh I'm going to go back there someday again in Muppets from Space. Ooh. But they do that mm-hmm. that dumb thing and I don't think a lot of entertainers understand this. And I don't think a lot of like musicians and singers understand this. There is a very distinct difference between a pretty song and singing a song pretty. And mm-hmm. singing a song pretty does not tug at the same emotional heartstrings as singing a pretty song does. Mm. And whenever they do, I'm going to go back there someday in Muppets from Space. It's played very pretty. And as a result, it does not work because Gonzo and by extension, the Muppets are not pretty. They are rough around the edges. It's played like it's a song in a Disney musical. Which is yes. how they're done. I love Alan Menken. The man is a musical genius. He he did the impossible and made a good musical TV show. <laughs> what show is that? Gala, um, Galavant. It's on... Uh, oh, gotcha. It, it, yeah, yes, and it's good. Uh, featuring uh, Al Yankovic, Luke Youngblood, Timothy... Uh, what's-his-face from Psych. Oh, uh, Bullet Tooth Tony from Snatch. That guy... Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of guys on that Galavan. Yeah, no, but but it, it's a charming show that, and it, it's two songs every episode in a like 25 minute episode. Mm-hmm. How about that? And, yeah, uh, like, another. Um, it's not a Menken joint, but another show I think that walks this this balance between like meta silly songs and severe earnestness is crazy ex-girlfriend well yes that uh, that's is the ideal uh, show. yeah right. that's the best uh musical the, tv show the that platonic ideal ever yes. be made i can't imagine uh doing it better no offense glee i suppose oh, uh, but no but offense the, smash yeah uh but doing like two original songs no per offense, episode. cop rock <laughs> baby merchant Tots are us. We got all the service, but no damn fuss. Uh, yeah, we love cop rock around here, folks. Um, uh, but unfortunately, does not fall under the purview of movies for babies, so we cannot watch series. cop rock. But yeah, uh, that's 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 another thing. It's like so much of this is so earnest, and like it's fucking Gonzo does not need to have a pretty voice. It's actually antithetical to his character to have a pretty voice. Right. Uh, Gonzo, who's like central character, his game is he is weird in every way that a being can be weird. Yes. Uh, yes. He fucks chickens. He's from space. He's he's not <laughs> he's a recognized a, his, his animal. His idea of a good of a good act on the show is defusing a nuclear warhead while reciting a Macbeth monologue. Right. And yes. th- and that is. But that's not. That's just Gonzo. That's just who he is. His he, game he, is being the weirdest being. He too wants to be a. Uh, he too wants to make it big, but he wants to go to India to make it happen. Yeah, he wants to yeah. become a Bollywood star. <laughs> yes. Because it's um, harder than being a Hollywood star. But yeah, so after after the thrilling like opening sequence, I think it's interesting that the first Muppets we see are Statler and Waldorf. Well, I no, don't that's know. The, no, because Statler and Waldorf are the audience stand-ins. Right, so they're just, they're, <laughs> they represent all of us, truly. 
uh, Statler and Waldorf. Two of my favorite but, like, Muppets. It's two I love guys Statler who are just mad because they hate how obnoxious and weird the Muppets are. And then sure. we transition to see just how shitty and obnoxious the Muppets are. The anarchy. This is true. Uh, the the uh, Muppets ripping seats out of the floor, throwing popcorn everywhere. The, uh, the the guy spinning around in circles. Uh, the one guy with, uh, I think his name is Lou. With the Lou, dynamite. yeah, yeah, Lou Zealand. Or Lou has a, Lou Zealand has a fish, and then there's the guy with the dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Crazy yeah, Harry, uh, I think is his name. Crazy Harry. Uh, he uh, also electrocutes us at the end of the film. Uh, but he, but it's just this. It's this madcap cavalcade, and it's this beautiful thing where you know there's a person under every seat operating yes. these yes. pups. At least one. You know, if it's Rolf, you need, like, at least two people um, mm-hmm. to, to make that happen. And it's just this beautiful, remarkable thing of, like, wow, these puppets are real. They're occupying a real space. And it's, and it's beautiful that this is happening. You know, I have been several times to the Museum of the Moving Image, uh, and they have a permanent, now permanent Jim Henson display there. And... I just, when I see Big Bird, I cry mm-hmm. because he's mm-hmm. just, it's there. It's Big Bird, all giant Big Bird, and it really exists, and it's really there. Mm-hmm. And I can see a diagram of how two people had to operate him, and that's the most beautiful, like, and I, I like a lot of movies that have CGI. You know, I love fucking Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? I love Rocket Raccoon, but you can't have... A, an exhibit where I can go see Rocket Raccoon. Uh, you can have a computer screen with him on it, but like it's not the same as when I see Cookie Monster, or when no. I see Kermie, or Miss Piggy in her wedding dress, and I just they're right there. They well, exist yeah. in this tangible space in front of me. That's what's so it's, magical uh... about seeing like Sesame Street outtakes. When right. like the the guests, uh, when like the guest celebrities flub their lines, and whoever is performing the uh, puppet, the puppet is so in sync with the character that they just riff off of it. That's um, right. Elmo they, stays in character with Robin Williams when Robin Williams like fucks up his line. <laughs> there's yeah. uh, there is a uh, a version of the museum, uh, the uh, the Muppet uh, Museum that Kevin was talking about. There was a version, a traveling version of that that I saw at uh, Mopop, the museum uh, in Seattle. Uh, and the the one that, the thing that got me uh, on an emotional level was they went location scouting for the Muppet movie and they brought Kermit and Fozzie. And so it's like they're location scouting with the Muppets and they're interacting with the locations as the Muppets. Mm-hmm. To see if it looks, and, works and it looks good. Yes, and it's just like... <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing this on a location scout. And there's this uh, bit of this uh, footage where, like, Kermit... and uh, I think it's Kermit is, like... He's trying to do bits with a live cow, an actual cow that's on set. And it's just like... Uh, that That's uh, being in sync with these characters that Justin talked about. And just that, like... Even when all we're doing is doing a location scout for a movie. Footage that, in our mind's eye, will never be seen by anyone. Uh, we're still going to try to put on a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. That's the this, that's this stuff that, like, that got me. And that spirit is so alive 
within this movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, at one point during this opening sequence, uh, Kermit gets discovered by Dom DeLuise. And the thing... <laughs> named, no, yeah, no. Named after uh, Jim Henson's first agent. Yes. Uh, but like... Bernie. The thing that makes Kermit be like, okay, I'll listen to this guy, is Dom DeLuise telling him like, hey, you can make millions of people happy. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what Kermit, that's what sells Kermit on the idea of like, no, I want to go to Hollywood. I want to do this. It's not, think of the money, think of the fame, think of the fortune. It's, you can make people happy. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I'm reading too much into things, but you get this thing underneath the surface where it's like, when you listen to the song that Kermit just sang, it's like, oh, is he wanting to go to Hollywood to make people happy so that he can make himself happy? You know what I mean? It's like right. is it because no, it is like no, missing? like that, 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 like that's and his like, character arc. Because when he talks to himself in the desert, he has that yeah. exact conversation of like, yeah, he would have been like, yeah, if he stayed in the swamp, he would have still been miserable, but he wouldn't have met these incredible people, and he wouldn't Absolutely. have still had the chance to make millions of people happy because he's and, taking and like. Let me tell y'all like, one thing. If you want to rope me in for a movie, the best possible thing you could do is have a melancholy song sung by Kermit the Frog and then immediately follow it up with Dom DeLuise. Who like, is? If you, God, if you wanted to send Dom, me just, one of the greats, one of the fucking greats, everyone who's ever met Dom DeLuise describes him as the funniest person they've ever met. And that guy fucking... <laughs> is funny. Even in, like, Blazing Saddles, where he's playing, like, kind of a hateful character by modern-day standards, is still so fucking funny. With just every ounce of his being. It's incredible. We... Dom DeLuise is one of the fucking greats, and he is standing next to... And I feel no, like... No, no, no reservations about saying this, but Kermit the Frog, as played by Jim Henson is one of fiction's perfect creations. Oh, easy. This yeah. character is like fucking Sherlock Holmes, Hannibal Lecter, Kermit the Frog. Like, no notes, you nailed it. What a perfect mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. Well, he was honed over like a whole life, like, for like a decade. By the time we're seeing the Muppet movie, Henson has been doing Kermit in some incarnation for another for like, 20 plus years Mm -hmm. since jim henson's childhood right yeah because he first made i remember i saw him in an interview he said he made kermit out of out of his mother's coat an old coat she didn't want anymore and he has and henson has other great characters i love rolf i'm a big rolf guy oh yeah same uh and and dr rolf apologist over here yeah dr teeth is a really (laughs) cool guy but Kermit is a perfectly honed mm-hmm. creation. He is My, uh, perfect. I remember as a as a child, I had a um, not a not a ventriloquist doll, but like a puppet of Rolf, and I loved that thing. And like, still to this day, the very I still have like the very first toy I fell in love with, and like I still have it to this day, thirty years old, and it's a it's a Gonzo, you know? Oh <laughs> like, God, this, I love like, a Gonzo. This decrepit, like, thing that's falling apart at the seams because, like, it got played with so much as a kid. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
You forget that there are people underneath these Muppets. Well, mm-hmm. no, but like that's continually. The, yeah, but I think that's kind of the magic of the Muppets. It is it is that balance of you is that you know that there's people under it, but by God, you're going to let yourself forget it. And that's and that, like, that's the thing Disney the difference with Disney. Disney never even lets you remember there's a puppeteer. There's only yeah. the Muppet ever. There's a thing, uh, and we'll eventually get away from the first two scenes of this movie. Eventually. But, like, in the very first scene of this movie, there's a very obvious, like, Sam the Eagle gets hit with a paper airplane, and that wasn't supposed to happen. And the paper airplane gets nestled between his arm and his stomach. And Sam the Eagle, like, just in character looks down and, like, makes a face at it. And Kermit's, "Oh, oh, sorry about that. And, like, they keep going, and it's like... If in a Disney movie, they would do another take and they'd immediately call cut. But like mm-hmm. in this, like by virtue of it being unpolished, it becomes polished. Right. It feels because real. It's, it's people embodying characters that they understand so deeply that they can continue to improv in the character of Sam the Eagle. We just, and mm-hmm. you know, Sam the Eagle is not a densely complex character, but it's... We, we stay in it, even if mistakes happen, even if we're operating puppets. And, and that is just so key to why this all works. And it works so, mm-hmm. so well. Absolutely. Darn near a masterpiece, this movie. Um, Darn near a masterpiece. Uh, and the other... And- I like a lot of the other Muppet movies, but they just cannot even scratch Mm-mm. the balls of this movie. Like, they, they, it's just, and I, you know, my favorite bit in any Muppet movie is probably from The Great Muppet Caper, and I think the two of you could likely guess what bit I'm talking about here, um, but, like, it, Peter Falk, uh, coming in to talk oh, to Kermit the Frog, and he's like, oh, let me see if I know your situation. Uh, you're a dry cleaner, right? And you lost all your clothes. <laughs> it's amazing. Everything you just said was wrong. But and that is a perfect bit of comedy in my eyes. But it's just nothing can match this movie. Nothing. It's just every element of it is working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable. Absolutely. And the Muppets um, and are just fucking funny. The way they walk is funny. This little like yeah, the little hop. It's adorable and so funny. I love it. Even like obviously they had a budget attached to this, but even then there's still like a homemade quality to this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, like it's great. Like later on uh, in the movie, there's a uh, Miss Piggy uh, has a kung fu fight with bad guys, and there's like very obviously a part where like it's her leg on a stick, and there's this one part where it's like very obviously like her. She, it's supposed to be in kayfabe. It's her jumping <laughs> off of a balcony and landing on them. Right, but. It's very obviously just some someone behind her, a stuffed animal of Miss Piggy, just like tossing it, you know. And like, right, like, uh, Grandpa and, Caper again. There's that great moment where they get thrown off the bus, and it's just some guy getting to fuck. Oh, just a hurled muppet, yeah. <laughs> an utterly limp muppet. Oh, it's always good. And always it's, good. And it's just, just like this, this. There's a homemade quality to it that makes it kind, that makes it funnier than it really is. But also, like, because it's rough around the edges and because they're all comedies, it works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
uh, comedy is enhanced by there being roughness. A, uh, a low-rent, low-budget quality is mm-hmm. integral to most comedies that we love. I'm, yes. I'm not yes. saying it can't be done with a budget. There are comedies with certain levels of budget that I do enjoy, but something about it has to feel rough around the edges and like they're proving something. There has to be a sense that what is going on is an accident. Part of what makes the sequence in Walcard, the Dewey Cox story, where he meets the Beatles in India so funny, is how terrible they all are at being the Beatles. Right. How bad Jack Black and Paul Rudd are of embodying the Beatles. (laughs) Yes. Um, And that is part of the, the charm. And I just don't think, you know... All the best Jim Carrey comedies are made when he's pulling in small paychecks. And his comedy mm-hmm. does not improve when he gets $20 million for the cable guy. Uh, it's he, it's it's best when it's scrappy. It's best when it's the underdog. Comedy needs to be the underdog. It, it just, it all works because there is a homemade feel mm-hmm. to it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, folks get too too focused on, like, I think just typical of storytelling, uh, especially with uh, making movies. Um, people way overthink everything. And I'm not saying, mm-hmm. like, just improv everything and just go fly by the seat of your pants. But, like, a lot of things get overthought. And, like, I think if... And I... This is going to just turn into the Bash Disney show. But, like, if you're making the Muppet movie with Disney, they're going to want to do a wire rig for whenever Miss Piggy jumps off the balcony. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to want to give her VFX legs. Or something like that. And it's like, no, it just works if you just throw her off of a balcony. (laughs) Like, it works. We built Mel Brooks's uh, Muppet electric chair so that Jim Henson can be inside the machine Mm -hmm. while Mel Brooks is talking to him. And that is the way it has to work. You don't need to put Jim Henson in a green lycra jumpsuit and Adobe After Effects him out of the scene. Just make a big cumbersome electric chair and stuff him inside of it. That's, that's all it needs to be. That's the like, way it. Ha- that's the way it works, and it's always going to be better that way. Uh, yes. And uh, how do we do a Muppet camping scene? Well, we build it in a way that we can bury Jim Henson in the sand, <laughs> yes. so the so that Rolf can play harmonica, and that's the way it yes. has to be done. Question: So we're like an hour and eight minutes into this, yes. and we've gotten halfway through the second scene. Yes. Do we want to just do highlights? Do we do we want to do the uh, we'll breakdowns? Sk- we'll skip forward as we see fit. Um, yeah. I, okay. Uh, you know, because next, Kermit bikes into town, and the and, Muppets yes. biking, an effect that will then be done, like, en masse in uh, Muppet Caper, is still yes. something that is breathtaking to behold. It's, Absolutely. It's an effect yes. that I never want to know how it was accomplished. I love mm-hmm. this as something magical that just exists. And I don't want to know how they did it. It's just incredible to see. Mm-hmm. Just, just watching those legs go. And I will say, um, because of the museum of the movie, the Muppet museum museum of the moving image section of the i don't know what it is i can't words that's okay um 
because of that, I do know how they did this. I won't say what it is. Thank you. I do thank know how they. I I do know how they did Kermit riding a bike, but like that just in that enhances the magic even like even that effect is just like oh wow you know just like there's so much ingenuity and so much just like creativity and putting that together he does have um, legs and they absolutely. didn't they didn't have to do that you don't Mm-mm. have to they, it would be so much easier not to they could have filmed him from the waist up and you know just had him on a dolly cart or something yeah. like that or, or just but, him riding a bus around Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is this is only for me. In the previous scene where Dom DeLuise shows Kermit the copy of Variety, uh, <laughs> there's a the back of it has a uh, an ad for Liberace in concert. Yeah. And uh, I found a that poster that it's an ad for, and I have that poster oh, for Liberace that's in amazing. concert. And I bought it uh, because uh, of my love for this movie. But yeah, um, Kermit rides a bike. Uh, he's and that's, it's, uh, my, my good friend, our good friend of the pod, Forrest Wharton, and I were talking about this last night. Kermit, he decides, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to Hollywood. And so he gets on his bike and starts riding. <laughs> and there's that, like, that, I don't want to say dumb, but there's that kind of thing that, like, and we've all felt this as people who are either creative people or aspiring creative people. We know what we want to do, but we don't know how to do it, so we just make wild guesses. Uh, uh, and, you know, just, like, I don't I don't know the first thing about, like, there's so much about, like, I don't know anything about, like, encoding and, like, different codecs for video for, uh, formats and stuff like that. So I just take a shot in, the go- shot in the dark, and sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. Obviously, like, Kermit's been in the swamp his whole life. He doesn't... he. He, okay, I'm going to Hollywood. I guess I'm just going to get on my bike and start going. <laughs> well, like, that, how else do you start anything? Yeah, you just you just do it, uh, and that's uh, that's a really beautiful, like subtle little thing that just like he doesn't know how he's going to do it, but he's 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 gonna he's gonna do it. He's going to try his best to do it, uh, and I just I really love that. Um, this is how much this Muppet movie means to me. Uh, Kermit's riding his bike, and there's a little basket in front of it. And Kermit riding his bike with the basket in front of it was the visual inspiration for Lyle and Pet Turtles. <laughs> uh, Lyle rides a bike, and he's got a basket on the front of it. Um, there's, like, I, I ripped off the Muppet movie whenever I was making Pet Turtles. So, uh, this, movie's, this movie means a lot to me. Yeah, he, he rides into town, and he rides past a, uh, a sign for Hopper's Fried Frog Legs. Uh, hoppers. With the big, follow the green legs, the big green yes. frog legs, so, and they're gray in that scene. But well, uh, <laughs> but they haven't they haven't been colored yet. Yeah, yeah they've not been painted. painted. It's fine. Um, but Max is there and sees him, and Max, like all the rest of us, are just immediately infatuated with Kermit the mm-hmm. Frog and with the magic that surrounds him. Oh, I love this little um, frog. Uh, but uh, Kermit heads to we we mentioned this earlier. He heads to Hel- El Slizo. Uh, just a dirty bar where he meets James Coburn, Telly Savalas, Madeline Kahn, Carol Kane, Paul Williams, and Fozzie Bear. Uh, Fozzie uh, yeah, Bear. I'm sorry. Brief uh, Madeline Kahn appreciation post. Uh, she doesn't have much to do in this movie, but by God, is she one of the most funny, talented uh, human beings to have ever existed. Oh my God. Uh, absolutely. What an absolute winner. You know, this is 79. So, like, 
She's Oscar nominated for Paper Moon in 73. Then she does Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and compl- I think gets Oscar nominated again for Blazing Saddles. Like, she's um, one of the, the funniest, like, most attractive people to have ever just... been on the planet Earth. Yeah. What a fucking, just a winner just a winner folks and she doesn't have a big part in this and she's like in a scene with kojak and kermit the frog but it's still (laughs) like it's it's eh, i don't know if we'll ever have a chance to talk about madeline khan again but like what a fucking legend we all Mm, love clue well no no clue no go ahead i was about to suggest clue and then you said no clue (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we all know Clue. I love Clue. Clue's a great film. It's a it's a Absolutely. super watchable movie, and she's very funny. I mean, uh, that movie has uh, Tim Curry, Michael McKean, Martin Mull, uh, Madeline Kahn, uh, and a few other just fucking... Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Like, mm-hmm. just winners mm-hmm. all the way down. Like, there's only so bad that movie could have possibly been. But it's yeah. really, like, delightful. Way as, like, better than it had arts. any right to be. A hundred percent. I'm going to go home and make love to my wife. Uh, an, an incredible line. And, like, it, to this day, like, Madeline Kahn, like, fl- flames, flames on flames. the side of my face um, is is one of the great comedic line deliveries. She's the best. Absolutely. One of the best to ever do the damn thing. Um, it's a shame that, oh, Madeline uh, was not a, a hit sitcom, that we couldn't have had years of that. Um, I think she uh, played, yeah, she was on, <laughs> she was, uh, I think Bill Cosby's wife on Cosby, the TV series, and that was her final role, uh, unfortunately. No. Oh, no, she's not the wife. She's not no, the wife, but no, she, she was she on was, the show. Uh, I think her final role was on Little Bill. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, oh, so she, she may be bet on the wrong horse there at the end. Uh, but um, <laughs> but she just just an incredible legend. That's all I had to say. Was like, yeah. oh, when am I? We're never gonna cover fucking Paper Moon uh, or or Young Frankenstein on this show. So or I might as well up, shout Doc? out Madeline Kahn while I have the chance. <laughs> We're never gonna do Clue. So like, eh, just a brief pit stop in I was, Madeline Kahn rules. I, I was thinking, and this could be edited out, but Clue might be a good uh, uh, choice for October. I know I we already made so. the decision. Uh, maybe but... you know if we're doing this next next October. Over, like clue, yeah, yeah, clue yeah. might be a decent candidate. Yeah. Uh, also, I really like how. So this movie is stuffed with celebrity cameos, but that's not the feature of the movie. That is just a side dish to this. Well, movie. Well, it's just a continuation um, of the show. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, um, oh, Richard Pryor is the fucking balloon salesman, and it's not. Yes. We're not taking up too much time for Richard Pryor to do shtick. We have like just yeah. enough. Richard Pryor shtick to to make you not go wait why was that played by Richard Pryor well, okay <laughs> but what, all right so what is everyone's favorite cameo in the movie I yeah. mean there's there is a correct answer I'm afraid there is one correct answer is it it's, Steve Martin no it's Orson Welles yeah that's mine. oh yeah 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 that's the mine. greatest yeah. one line performance in the history of cinema. Uh, Orson Welles looking as like red eyed and fucking bloated as he has ever looked. <laughs> the but, the but Orson hit, Welles but, that is most self indulgent. Yes, but Orson uh, Welles turning around <laughs> and saying "Prepare the standard rich and famous contract" is that's it, folks. That's cinema. I don't care. There's, <laughs> there's a uh, in my in my head canon. There's a there's a uh, alternate. There's a, a a cut sequence from this movie where. 
Um, Kermit doesn't end up doing the Doc Hopper commercials, but Orson Welles does. And he goes, oh, the French fried frog legs. <laughs> Uh, well, Kermit, no, no, you do know um, that he ate, enlist you. like, that he did eat the, uh, the plate of frog leg stroganoff that they had prepared for the El Slizo scene. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh, uh, absolutely. Action Orson. Uh, Orson. Or, uh, we're, we're dipping into Puffin 50 a little bit, um, but, uh, in the, uh, the first Victor Hugo sketch, where, um... Victor Hugo, like, he eats a 15-course meal and he says, do it again! Uh, that is uh, based on a story about Orson Welles, as told by Mel Brooks. Um, so, Wait, what? There you go. He There's ate a 15-course where... meal and then wanted another one? Yes. Uh, King. Mel Brooks King shit. Met, Mel Brooks met... I'm sorry, Orson Welles, you dropped your crown, King. Le- no, no, it, and, legit. And he did have a king I, shit. Like, and he did have a king shit afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Orson Welles shit codified like a how to be chicken. fat and cool. He did. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I get you. I Mel, get you. Mel Brooks met with Orson Welles to get his approval to do ha- high anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a they had a meal together. And whenever the meal was over, Orson Welles called the waiter and said, do it again. And they brought him another round of the meal. And Mel Brooks just sat and watched Orson Welles eat another 15 course meal. Uh, that is oh, such a great I mean, power move, though. If there was ever a dinner I wish I could have sat in on, it is indeed the Mel Brooks Orson Welles yeah. dinner. Oh, uh, that's amazing. My, my God. And I know that, like, Mel Brooks is like a. I don't think he's ever done anything like reprehensible, but he's like he's not always easy to work with. He's not, you know. Uh, mm. But I, I just I love Mel Brooks. Um, he's like a ninety-year-old so man. His death is going to hit Jewish me Nazi really doctor. hard. So fucking good in this movie. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, at one point, like they really, I didn't realize until uh, Kevin pointed out Madeline Kahn. Like I knew Madeline Kahn and Dom Delis were in this, but I didn't realize just the Mel Brooks connections. In They're all movie. over. I mean, because this movie it. is like seventies as fuck, yes. as far as yes. who is in it. You know, uh, uh, all those uh, Mel Brooks, Elliot Gould, <laughs> Richard yes. Pryor. Like, there's uh, Richard Steve Pryor's Martin. another Mel Brooks connection. Steve Martin, like seventies as shit. Um, yes, absolutely. which I love as a lover of the seventies and how horrible all the fashion. It was so, I love, we just, uh, last night we watched uh, the Albert Brooks film Real Life, uh, which was also filmed in the late 70s. And the, I admire so much the fashion of the 70s, that we were all allowed to look as terrible as we chose to. And that was the Mm -hmm. accepted look of the time. You could come in with as wild of hair and as wild of clothes as you could ever dream of pulling out of the closet. And that was just what we did. And I think that's it's beautiful. Every, you're, all the colors the v, were garish. The v it of was your beautiful. Neck could go, of your shirt could go to your crotch and no one could yell at you. Because that's just yeah. what we did. Mm-hmm. The inside of your house could be all primary colors. It didn't matter. <laughs> it was chaos. Bring back conversation pits i demand the resurgence of the conversation pit i love the look of those things rotating Uh, i'm a big i am a big uh besides like the politics and the state of the world the the music the movies the fashion 
movie set in the 70s, it's all specifically my jam. I love it so much. It's just the most beautiful decade Mm -hmm. to me. I, as a person who who longs to be able to find pants that are not blue or black. I'm a big fan of the 70s fashion. And it's uh, like crushed red pants. Oh, yes, hey, hey guys, remember Stripes, when cars came right. in like more than one shape and color? Remember right? when like yeah. the collar of your shirt went to your shoulders? Yeah. Like, my God. Uh, yeah, what a what a time to be alive. Uh, I'm gonna, I have to piss like a racehorse, so please keep talking about the Muppets. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. All right, uh, um, so we, like, we can, I think, just skip over El Slizo, because we kind of broke yeah, that we, one we down. Yeah, we got there. Ker- Kermit and Fozzie are pursued by Doc Hopper. Do- Doc Hopper. Uh, which, of course, harkens back to a time when you could call your kid that. Doc Hopper, or just Doc? Like that, that oh, was gosh, a, that, yes, that was yes. a socially permissible name. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Doc Hopper is an evil Colonel Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, and he wants to uh, he wants Kermit to, to be the mascot for a place that sells French fried frog legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 he's a evil businessman, also known as a businessman, <laughs> and uh, he he wants Kermit. Kermit obviously finds the whole idea like disgusting and reprehensible kermit is going to hollywood to make people happy he does not care about the money and doc hopper offers him in 1970s time a lot of money but that's not what kermit is all about this is against his morals to do this thing and he he evades doc hopper uh but doc hopper being an evil businessman will not take no for an answer we've established the antagonist um, Doc Hopper, the but, great Charles Durning, by the way. Yes. Like Coen Brothers. From, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Papio Daniels from Papio Oh Brother, Daniels, Where Art yeah. Thou, wearing Hudsucker from the Hudsucker Proxy. Like, oh, of course. Yes. A true fucking all time champ. Um, it, he mm-hmm. is not he is one of in, the great character actors. You you absolutely feel like he should have been the Big Lebowski in uh, the Big Lebowski, but he must have not been available, so they got David Hiddleston from Blazing Saddles to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, what a fucking champ this guy is! Just uh, the way he talks, the look of his big dumb face—it's incredible. Just, Charles Durning just, is just, one just, of the just best. a round man. Just a rotund man and that yes, voice. Rotund. Like, ah, Papio Daniels, I'll get you, Kermit <laughs> the Frog, is like, it's perfect. You couldn't have asked for a better character actor. What a beautiful man. He was a uh, he was a guy. I had to, I pulled up his IMDb. He's got like 216 credits. One of those course. guys. One of those um, guys. I was very, very, very surprised to find that he was never on a Star Trek, because it seems like that would be right up his, uh, his alley. <laughs> um, but, like, but, uh, uh, Tootsie, Dog Day Afternoon, a yes. uh, bunch of Coen Brothers shit. Um, yeah, what a what a guy. I mean, uh, just... The what? voice of Peter Griffin's dad, Van- Francis Griffin, his real uh, dad. Uh, but, yeah, Charles Darnie, just, he's perfect for, in this role. Um, also, after- also, he was in a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, which one? High Anxiety? To, no, To Be or Not To Be. Oh, yes, yes, yes. One of the undersung... Oh, okay. I quite like that movie. Uh, it's not It's not one of the favored Mel Brooks uh, canon, but I think that movie's very charming, and he's great in it. We love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's great in this. Um, After we set him up, we, we cut to just 
maybe my favorite sequence in the the most joyous sequence in the entire movie, and that's the moving right along musical number. Oh, uh, best song! Fucking love it. Best just, song. I, the, the the best uh, road mo- road song. Period. Absolutely. Always uh, driven right into my head after I watch this movie, and it's probably because they play it like three, four fucking times. But yes. always they do good. Riff it a lot, and it's just joyous. It just Kermit mm-hmm. and Fozzie, and the way they like rock back and forth in the car. They're just cute. These Muppets are Kermit fucking playing, cute. Kermit playing his banjo in the passenger side seat. Uh, they 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 pass uh, uh, Big Bird, who's on his way to New York to be in public television. <laughs> fucking uh, Carol Spinney <laughs> showing up uh, to to go do this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Follow that bird. Look for it on a future movies for peace. <laughs> Uh, they, there's a great, you know, they, they, pa- they, they pass a fork in the road and there's a literal fork in the road. <laughs> Good bit. Uh, it's, Good it's bit. great. It's great. <laughs> uh, bit. they, they park their vehicle. They end up at, at, at the church of Reverend Harry Krishna. Yes. And the, there the, are the so many Harry Krishna jokes. That was the third, in the yes. first 20 minutes. That was, the that was, and, and Kermit even in El Slizo says like, oh, it's going to be a runner uh, over in, uh, but this, that was in vogue at the time because Airplane oh, yeah. is one year after this, which also oh, yes, features yes, yes. a huge Harry Krishna runner. Um, and the Krishnas certainly are not at their previous power, but like if you go to Union Square in New York City, there's still a contingent of Harry Krishnas, and they and smell like yeah, you they think were they're like, smell. No, I think at one point they were like almost like a problem. Like there were too many people involved in Harry Krishna, and in a pre nine eleven world where like everyone could just be at the airport and solicit you and like hand you like pamphlets and shit. Um, mm-hmm. they were a huge endemic of that. They were, every yeah. airport was just fucking littered with Harry Christmas. This is, uh, this is like eight, this was 79, you said? 79, so this is, and Airplane so is, this is a, Yeah. Yeah, this is, so this is a couple of years after George Harrison releases My Sweet Lord, where the chorus of that song is Hare Krishna. Uh, Hare so like, it's a, uh, Hare Krishnas are very much in the cultural zeitgeist, I guess, at the, during the 70s, but, uh. And the cool thing the about church. them is that they believe nothing. <laughs> they, have, yes. they, yeah. they have no beliefs. It's great. Uh, yes, and then this is a year before, uh, Robert Hayes punches them out, uh, at the airport. Um, but like, I think it's a, I think it might be Peter Graves. Oh no, I don't remember. Or Robert Stack? Is it Robert Stack? It's a, it's a running, Harry's it's a running bit. knocked out. Yeah, anyway. It's a running Sorry. bit in both that and Airplane 2, the sequel. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, they, they find this church and they meet Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem and they perform this rockin' song. All right, folks. Rules. Who's your favorite um, Electric Mayhem? Floyd Dr. Teeth. Uh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Subtracting animal. Uh, uh, okay, so Justin, you're Doc Teeth. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a Floyd Pepper guy. Floyd Pepper? Yeah, Floyd Pepper's mm-hmm. a cool guy. Uh, I, uh, mm, mm, I wish well, I like, could who's say- who's left? There's Janice Zoot and then the unnamed trumpet man. I think Zoot is my, the like, oh, you know, because Floyd's like, oh, he skipped a wavelength or whatever. <laughs> I love, oh, no, yeah, no, no. skipped another well, no. group. Janet's like skipped the crystal stuff. Lloyd's like the conspiracy guy. Yeah. He's um, like the, like he, like he complains about the man the most. And I, I, I love the Electric Mayhem. They are such 
a 1970s musician uh, joke like these psychedelic rockers they are a fucking relic and i we you know animal is timeless but all of the rest of these guys are such specific 70s rocker tropes uh and i well, no, i, they, I oh, love no, they, oh no they're well, hippies though by 79 they were a well-worn and out-of-date stereotype well yeah this is in 79 and floyd pepper is named after Pink Sergeant Floyd Peppers. and Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. So like, uh, Sergeant Pepper was sixty-seven. You know, right. and so, so we're, yeah. we're over a decade away. Um, I will say Floyd Pepper is my favorite, but sometimes, depending on the Muppets you're watching, uh, Rolf is in the Electric Mayhem, and then if that's the case, Rolf's yes. my favorite. The Electric well, Help Mayhem. Rolf's a blues guy more than a rock guy. Yes. Yeah, uh, and that is. Part of Rolf's problem and why he has really, like, fallen off a cliff in the Muppet standings is that, like, nobody understands the joke. Like, the a, a dog who is a sad piano man is well, such no, a I, I Jim Henson even... joke that, like, nobody knows what to do with it. Like, Jim Henson did an album as Rolf where he just sings, like, blues standards. And there's, well, there's I, I think not that's the jokes. thing with Rolf is that there is <laughs> like, no joke. There is no joke with Rolf. He's just a guy. Like, he's yeah. the most normal acting Muppet. He's, he's like, just, oh, yeah, it's me, Rolf, you know. He's well, just, frog, don't hey, how's it going, buddy? And then he, like, shoots finger guns. He's just like a Tom Waits, but, like, early Tom Waits before he became, like, a cartoon. Like, Tom yeah. Waits when he was a sad piano man. That's my favorite scene in the movie is, is him and Kermit singing about how bitches ain't shit uh, around yeah. <laughs> the piano together. I love it. I, it's so I, good. There's, uh, as being Kevin's friend for years now, there's certain phrases that you just expect from Kevin, and I've never heard Kevin not refer to this song as the bitches ain't shit sequence. And I knew it was coming, and it I... Uh, I it makes me happy that it happened. I'm nothing um, if not... Fine, a, I can say that! I, you know, I don't I'm know a dog, yeah! <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's um, yes. very I got fun. my certificate I, and everything. I am nothing if not a fucking hack who just repeats yes. the same three things. Uh, I'm the same way. Um, the uh, the Electric Mayhem, they help Kermit and Frosty disguise the Studebaker. As I promised earlier, I'm going to do this. A bear's uh, natural one of the, habitat. Yes, a bear's <laughs> natural habitat. As I promised earlier, uh, I promised a reference earlier. It's going to happen now. Uh, one of the lyrics of this song uh, that they sing... Aurora Borealis, shining down in Dallas. Can you picture that? And Can I'm like, well, one time that? Aurora Bo- <laughs> like one time uh, Aurora Borealis was shining down in Principal Seymour Skinner's kitchen. So yeah, I can picture that. <laughs> uh, so yes, now that I got that, uh, yeah, yeah, the electric mayhem uh, cook up some steamed hams. Now yes. I okay, I have a question <laughs> for the two of you. As as this song was playing, I was like, why does this sound horrifically familiar? This, like, musical motif of the Can You Picture That song. And mm-hmm. the, the, the musical sting that it was drilling up in the recesses of my mind was the redone Ewoks song from Return of the Jedi, where they're like, like, right at the end of Return of the Jedi. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to call John Williams a fucking hack, right? But, like, they're the same song. I, 
I blame Frank Oz. I, you know, you know, Kevin. Oh, I'll be honest. I think those ass. are just very simple tunes to bang off uncomfortably on a piano that you might have to play through a puppet. And then sure, they're just also sure. easy tunes to bang out because George Lucas has been calling you for six months and you haven't come up with anything yet. And you're John <laughs> Williams and you're in London and you're just stoned out of your gourd and you, you catch a you replay know, of the Muppet movie on, on some London screen and he's like, oh yeah, I can it'll work. It's the, it's the least popular song from this movie. I, no one will notice. No one will notice. And uh, uh, he just squirrels it away into I, uh, Return of the Jedi. For, for, from just, now on, any time we refer to anyone who has ever worked on Star Wars, they uh, all yeah, sound like George Lucas. They all Lucas. sound like George Lucas. Hi, I'm uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, it's me, Irvin Kirshner. Um, there's, <laughs> I, I disagree with something that Kevin said, but you did raise an interesting point about sound cues. Because uh-huh. right before gonzo sings uh i'm going to go back there someday <laughs> they do this this slow transition from uh daylight to nighttime and on the same shot and there's a musical cue in there that is exactly the musical cue from the beginning of back to the future that, <laughs> and and so that's that's the thing i will say though and we'll get there uh re- relatively soon i disagree that this is the the least the most forgettable song in this movie. I think the worst song in this movie is Miss Piggy's song. Unfortunately, yes. I mean, that's the one that like my that's controversial that... take is that that is always the case in a Muppet movie. Is whatever song they give Miss Piggy is the least memorable musical motif of the entire movie. And I disagree I... about that regarding the Great Muppet Caper. When they do the whole swimming sequence. Yeah, the, and the, they have like the opera Piggy. voice just belting oh, the words Miss Piggy. Piggy. What uh, a wonderful world. Yeah. Um Yeah, I could I, I could see that. Miss Piggy, and this is not because I'm a I'm a He Man woman hater or anything like that. <laughs> but Miss Piggy, like all the other Muppets are earnest and sincere, and she is not. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, like, that, like she she's meant to be the vain starlet character. Like, yeah, and like, she like I, she ditches Kermit for a commercial. Yeah, and like, like I get my problem with, and I hate to say this about like the only prominent female Muppet, even though it's played by fucking Frank Oz, is that like <laughs> with her, I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get the bit. Like she's the the vain beautiful woman, but she's a pig. I get it. I I know. Uh, and it's just, I don't know what it is that, like, that doesn't resonate with me in the same way that a Fozzie or a Kermit or a... It, it, it's very comedy 101, and, like, uh-huh. the way, like, the, like, the rest of the Muppets are so weird and creative that Miss Piggy's character that, is yeah. so rote and unoriginal that it, like, it just, it, it doesn't hit quite as hard. Like, That's, Janice is that. a more interesting character than Miss Piggy. I love Janice. You'll never hear me say a bad like, word Yolanda about that closed-eyed lady. is a more lady. interesting Muppet than Miss Piggy. Camilla <laughs> is a more interesting Muppet. Uh, no. Uh, but, and and so, uh, Justin, this is something I promised I would bring up on the show. Because you texted us and you were like, I wish there were more, like, queer Muppets. And, like, or or Muppets Now is, like... I only watched one or two episodes and there's a section of it that is like Miss Piggy's vlogs 
and she's like uh. she, they've they've had to like invent more female muppets for her to talk to because the female muppets really are like Miss Piggy, Janice, Camilla the chicken end of list and that really like originates from the one well all the, 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 the muppets all the, 30 rock one bring um really pushes yolanda who is like rizzo's yeah. on and off rat girlfriend right and then there's and the like, one that they uh there's the one they introduced in muppet babies which skeeter skeeter who which is by the way just scooter in a dress and that's yes. that's Which, that's most of the female like Muppets, and even like a problem yeah. with the Disney female characters is that like, well, why do I need Daisy Duck? Yeah. I have Donald Duck, well, no, and yeah. you just um, femaled. Yeah. Lindsay or, Ellis or, did a great video essay like a decade ago, calling that the Smurfette principle. Right? Is that it's like oh, okay, you didn't make a female character, you just made a female, you know, and uh, Looney Tunes, Petunia yeah. Pig. Mm. You put you know, eyelashes and a bow on the character, and you're done. Minnie Mouse. Mini Mouse, like you, you, you haven't generated interesting female characters. You've just femaled male characters. Which of this, of the very scant female characters in the Muppet canon, Miss Piggy is not that. Janice is not that. But they've had to create new female characters for like Miss Piggy's, you know, girl talk section because there mm-hmm. just aren't any. But I don't, like, I don't know, a bunch of men made the Muppets. Like, I don't know how much I can be, like, critical of that. Because, like, and you could you could say they should have brought in female puppeteers or the, or what have you, but, like... Just make more Muppets! Make new Muppets! Like, that Sesame is... Street does it all the time whenever they need, whenever they want to hit a new demographic. Right. It's doable and, and not that difficult for the set for sesame street to do it what's stopping the muppet studio from doing it It wouldn't be very hard to like it wouldn't be very hard to turn like janice into like a visco girl you know what i mean like Uh you could you could update these female characters she's malleable as long as you have like a kind of like forgive me but like vapid airheaded woman Mm. like that's an updatable trope the but part of it is like it's going back to my earlier example with like Saturday Night Live. Like the answer is not bring in new cast members to play Wayne and Garth. The answer mm-hmm. is you need to make new characters. Yeah. And yeah. like these Fozzie Bear has not been a successful character since Frank Oz stopped playing him. And it's because that character is so singularly Frank Oz's comedic sensibilities mm-hmm. that, like, you can't just sub in someone for Fozzie Bear because that is a comedic creation by one. It's like when you try to have Steve Martin play Inspector Clouseau. Like, Steve uh, Martin yeah. is a brilliant yes. comedian unto himself, but you wouldn't have someone else play the jerk. You wouldn't have someone else play Inspector Clouseau because that well, is tried it's like having a bunch of really good comedians independently. But if you make them play the Three Stooges, right. it completely falls apart. Exactly. Will getting, Sasso uh, is a great comedian, but yeah. it doesn't work if you have him do Curly from the Three Stooges. It 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 doesn't. Mm. Fun- and Sesame Street is a little different because they're not as funny. They're they're mm-hmm. like. Elmo and Big Bird and and Oscar and Cookie are more malleable because they are 
not, you know, Cookie Monster and the Count, I guess, are, like, comedy first, but, like, everyone else is a more earnest character that you can have someone slot into, like, a Sherlock Holmes. Whereas, like, I don't know what to do with Dr. Teeth, because that's a really specific thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was one guy's creation, and he was the voice and the puppeteer. Mm-hmm. You know? And is, yeah, am and I wrong? The, am yeah, I weird? Yeah, that's the huge here? thing, is the Can puppeteer. Do you know what I think, too? A lot of these Muppet characters, like Dr. Teeth, your Floyd Peppers, your Lou Zealands. I mean, Jim Henson's an old hippie. Yeah, he uh, was. And so all these, all these characters that are portrayed as Muppets or that has Muppets, you know, being, you know, whatever, like they're all based on like fringe characters of society. Yeah. And the, the world's gotten to be so like the world, because of like the media landscape, the world's a lot more fragmented than it used to be. And like, because like you've got guys in suits in charge of, uh, the Muppets now, like who, at the Disney round table or whatever, like who, which of them like knows what a Visco girl is? Who of them knows that like, you could see Dr. Teeth. I could see Dr. Teeth in the electric mayhem, like doing an eight or an arcade fire thing, but who at Disney knows who arcade fire is. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I, you can see, you can see Fozzie bear do Instead of doing broad vaudeville stuff, you can see him doing like, he's a bad TikToker. But he's a bad like, no, like he's one of those shitty like guys yeah, can, who do like quote unquote pranks, but they always go horribly awry. <laughs> yeah, you you could see I could see that, or I could see him just like I could see Fozzie Bear as more of like a Dimitri Martin, just like it's understated humor. You know, I I don't know, like I can Gonzo's I, literally just Johnny Knoxville. I can see, yes. Uh, there's a lot of just like I think that's part of what's the problem is just like these characters. These Muppets are based on fringe characters of society, but it's harder to, it's, those fringe characters are harder, like, it, yes, it makes sense to turn um, Janice into, like, okay, she's a musician, make her into a parody of Phoebe Bridgers, but who the hell at Disney knows who Phoebe Bridgers is? Right. So, like, they maybe that's why they're struggling, because, like, well, we've got to make the Muppets appeal but also part of what makes them up, part of the Muppets' appeal is that they have no appeal. Mm-hmm. They're all these, like, far-flung misfits. They're, they're these exactly. weirdo outsider artists. And it doesn't that make doesn't... sense to make, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to make Kermit the Frog a leading man because he's an everyman. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't make sense to, like, it's it's got to have that spirit of, like, you know what it's got to be? Muppets have to have that community theater spirit. 100%. It all feels homemade. They, they need feel... that. They, they're not awkward. They're not awkward characters. They're too polished. There's no... Yes. You're right, Vern. It's that community theater aspect because it's awkward and it doesn't really work and everything goes wrong, which is why you need Statler and Waldorf to highlight how wrong it's going. Yes, And how precisely. awkward and strange this whole thing is. It, it like, should all be... The Muppets should be a studio first and characters second. The Muppets should be that fundraising show at the end of UHF. <laughs> they should be that uh, that uh, big uh, talent show at the end of True Stories. It's gotta be a lot of... Mm-hmm. It's gotta be stupid human tricks by David Letterman. <laughs> it's gotta be a lot of, like, 
weird stuff that's, you know, held together by the fact that it's all weird and there's normal guys that don't understand it trashing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, they've been turned into, like, they're all, like, Gonzo has become Gonzo and not a total weirdo. And that does not work for Gonzo. Gonzo in the new Muppet show does one stunt. And it's explicitly about him doing the stunt that he always wanted to do, but never did. You know, He's a retired like, stuntman and, a t- and now a comedy writer. Guys, I got this zany new premise for Gonzo. He's got a big, long elephant nose and he's blue. We're going to put him at a desk. Like, shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Like, he's got to worry about his relationship with Camilla. A, not even like a weird chicken, just a normal just chicken. Just a chicken. Just yes. a chicken. Ugh. God. And like, oh, guys, no. Gonzo is on a break with Camilla, and he's feeling down. How do we cheer him up? I don't care. That's how. Like, Gonzo gets upset because Camilla doesn't want to talk to him, and so he copes the only way he knows how by building explosives, by launching himself off a skyscraper, by painting himself. Like, no, like, like, people you know, like, think... He's like, people see him trying to jump off a bridge and they think he's killing himself. He's not. He's just trying to cheer himself up. Yes. He needs to be a weirdo performance artist. He yeah. needs, to, he needs be, to be a David Blaine type. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like a David Blaine or like, I don't know, just any kind of like that goofy weirdo internet art. He needs to make dank memes. Like, like <laughs> he needs to like. He needs to intentionally make fail compilations. Yes, like, just, he, yes, there's, that's maybe what the big, maybe that's what I think is the big thing that's wrong with modern day Muppets, is like, they don't have that fringe element about their personalities Mm -hmm. anymore. They all are like, they're all a bunch of normies. (laughs) Right, they're all, they're all just a bunch of Craigular Joes, and they, you know, they, oh, let me... Ah, waka waka! I got a punch in the clock, nine to five, and it's like, no, <laughs> that's not what I want. Like, hmm, it, I don't it, know if my insurance premiums are high enough to go to the dentist this month. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, what if, what if I took everything interesting about Gonzo and I just removed it and made him a regular guy? What if I, oh, I have yeah. a new, I have a new interesting concept for Fozzie. What if he didn't do any of the stuff that you liked Fozzie Bear doing? What if what if MacGruber worked a desk job? What if what Guy, if no? What but if guys, Dewey what if Sweetums Cox... is trying to fill in an absentee ballot? Right. What if what if Dewey Cox managed a hardware store and that was it? That was the premise. And it, like it's just it's all wrong. What if Andy Samberg from Hot Rod? What worked at a Best Buy, and he was just like a <laughs> wacky guy that worked at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, it's all wrong. It's all wrong, and it's See, all that bad. Hot Rod is the Gonzo movie, though. Exactly. Yes. That's what that's what actually spurred it on for me. Is that like, oh, that should be what Gonzo is doing. He should be Andy Samberg from Hot Rod. Uh, and I know no one that I'm talking with has seen True Stories, but True Stories is. David Byrne, who is a weirdo, but a, compared to the rest of the town that he's in in that movie, a normal weirdo. Sure. He's going around showing off the town and all the weirdos in it. 
Like, that's kind of what modern day Muppets needs to be. You get Kermit in the David Byrne role, and it's like, here's this guy, what's going on here? You know, and then everyone's getting together, like, they're all getting ready for a talent show, or they're all getting ready for uh, a community theater thing, a fundraiser, you know, whatever, like, uh, but it's all gotta be, like, you know, if if they had Dr. Teeth, if they tr- if Disney tried to make a Dr. Teeth-style band now, they would be doing, like, a boy band stuff. You know what I mean? Or something mm-hmm. like that. And, like, no Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem works in 1979 because they're doing weird music. And they're doing outdated music. And they're doing, like... They're painting a, a car to look like a soda bottle, you know. If <laughs> if if if, da, if the Electric Mayhem was made now, it'd be a ska band. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something that's like like a normal weird, as opposed to a truly weird. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If that makes if that makes any sense at no, all, it it does. Uh, and I'm sorry that so much of this is like us bitching about uh, modern Muppets, but like the it the approach is all wrong. You, it's yeah. they're trying to turn it into something that it isn't, and that's why, it, you know, the the Seagull movie made a lot of money. It was a very successful film, but they have oh, yeah. since then, in the intervening now a decade, they have not been able to capitalize on the Muppets in the way that they would like because they're just not doing it the right way. They're 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 trying to turn it into something that it isn't okay right now there are two streaming exclusive talk show style shows hosted by puppets muppets now and the not too late show with elmo and no 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 don't don't forget ned from earth the and another earth to ned which is it which is a henson joint um and i i watched a little bit of it it's fine the puppets are cool and yeah the puppets are killer but one Elmo. of the writers is Nick Weiger. Yeah, uh, and and Elmo is just and uh, and Jordan Morris as well. Uh, but but Elmo is just taking the Muppets and kicking their stupid asses because not too late show with Elmo is playing into all the shit that has made Elmo an incredible character for forty fucking years or however long Elmo has been a child, like. It's still, now Elmo will ask a baby, but Elmo is asking John Oliver. And they're playing (laughs) into everything that makes Elmo a good character. And that is why Mm -hmm. the not, and and Cookie Monster is like Elmo's Ed McMahon, which is, which is perfect. Like you, you've so honed in on what makes these two characters work, even if you were adapting them into this new format. But Muppets now is not that they're they're not using anything that makes kermit appealing when you have kermit interview rupaul like it, it that's not what makes kermit appealing and it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't translate and i'm sorry that it, it also it, doesn't help that the current voice actor for kermit does a poor job like well, like the guy who is currently voicing kermit voiced the bad guy impersonating kermit in muppets most wanted hmm and mm. then when they ousted the old, like, the Steve guy. Whitmire. Yeah, when they ousted him, who, like, still doesn't know why he was kicked. He was, like, fired. They gave it to the guy whose whole character thing is he sounds not quite like Kermit. Close. The, uh, 
but not quite. But the, now the, he's just Kermit all the time. The thing I heard about the Steve Whitmire uh, getting rid of him was that, like, he uh, he was, quote-unquote, difficult to work with, which is uh, Hollywood speaking for he's got opinions and he won't just, he's not just a perpetual yes man. Uh, and apparently, yeah. like, they would they would present him things for Kermit to do and he's like, um, no, Kermit wouldn't do that. That's not his personality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, whether Steve Whitmire was right or wrong about what Kermit's personality is, that's that's up for the debate. I don't think anyone knows truly what Kermit would or would not do except for Jim Henson. Uh, and Jim Henson's not here to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's a, the, the, the story I heard that was just like, oh, he's difficult to work with, which means like, he won't it say mean yes anything. to everything. Yeah, it won't. He won't say yes to everything the yeah. Disney overlords ask him. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna do the Spark Notes version of the uh, the rest of the movie because we're two hours in. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not a plot dense film. It kind no, of no, uh, no. Because like, just, what's after that much... is that is after Electric Mayhem is when they cr- literally crash into Gonzo. Uh, yes. They get a new car and of course From leave Milton poor Burl. Sweetums hanging. Uh, yes, they, yeah, they uh, buy they a car from Burl. Milton Burl, a uh, good bit where uh, it's the price it says on the tag, they swat a fly, and suddenly it's eleven ninety five. They swat a fly, good bit. and the, the splotch of the fly makes a decimal point. They go to the fair, and they meet Richard Pryor, Elliot Gould, Edgar Bergen, and Bob Hope. Um, what? I mean, 1979 <laughs> personified <laughs> is the yes, carnival yep. scene. Uh, but also just a lot of vaudeville veterans, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a real like, I think the very first shot, the establishing shot of this carnival has like two guys in bib overalls with no shirts and straw hats. Like it's a real hayseed carnival. It's it, uh, yeah, like, they're, um, like, they're, like yeah. One of the first things you see at the carnival is four got four different men all wearing blue ribbons and each carrying a different looking hen. There are yeah, several a, um, Confederate flags throughout this carnival sequence. Um, yes, which is uh, unfortunate, but it's there. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very, yeah, very down south, very like, it's a, it's a carnival that I would uh, never go to unless the Muppets were there, right? Um, unless I knew that Gonzo would fly away on Richard yes. Flyer's balloons. Yes, uh, Gonzo uh, buys a bunch of balloons from Richard Pryor, and he flies up in the air. He leads the Muppets on a wild car chase. Doc Hopper gets involved uh, because it's the 1970s. Doc Hopper gets hit with a giant cream pie. Um, <laughs> they, they, the cream pie on the billboard yes. is a real a cream, real cream pie. pie. Real yes, cream makes pie. no sense. And like it hits the it hits the car, and Max starts like eating it. And it's like that's been sitting out in the sun, birds of shit in it. Like it is rained full on. Of flies. Max, yeah. Nasty. Um, I, oh, no. Okay, uh, who's got to be the poor guy who has to switch it out every week? Who has to, like, get the ladder and with, like, you know, a just trowel go up there with 75 and a bucket, cans of reapply the whipped, whipped cream to the giant pie yeah. on, on, on the uh, I-67. It, uh, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, like, it's a Muppet, so it doesn't matter, but in real life oh, it yeah. makes no sense. They stop at a hotel. Kermit has a romantic dinner with uh, Steve Martin and Steve Martin. It's that. It's a. Uh, it's that great. Just kind of like, 
it's a gag that doesn't exist anymore because no one knows who anyone is. But that thing where like the waiter turns around and you see Steve Martin, and you and you laugh just because it's Steve Martin. It also um, helps it's that just, he's it's a hosen. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Leslie Nielsen gag. When you cut, right. like, oh, here it is, and it's Leslie Nielsen, and then it's an automatic laugh. Ah. Um, Piggy gets, uh, Miss Piggy gets pignapped by Doc Hopper. Kermit thinks Miss Piggy has left him, goes and meets Rolf, and they sing, as Kevin refers to it, as the bitches ain't shit song. Tell me there's I'm a, wrong, tell me I'm wrong. There's a, there's a verse of this song that only exists on the soundtrack that is not in the movie. They cut a verse out of this song because they thought it was too depressing. Uh, and the only way you can hear that full version is on the uh, the vinyl soundtrack, which I have. Oh, um, you! <laughs> you set us up for that. I did. I just wanted to brag about set us my up for records. A brag. You know, uh, after a long day, I like to, I uh, go home, crack open some beers, take myself for a walk. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a man of simple taste. The dog cracking oh. <laughs> piano man banter. Is he, oh he, so beautiful. The, the fact I that he's it. the most normal Muppet, but never misses a chance to remind you that he's still a dog. He's still a dog. Yes, yes. Still a piano playing uh, dog. The Kermit gets a call after that. Turns out uh, that's where he finds out that Miss Piggy has been uh, kidnapped. Goes to rescue her. Uh, he gets captured. Uh, and Mel Brooks comes out as a Nazi scientist who tries a to bring Jewish Nazi the scientist. A Jewish Nazi because scientist. it's still Mel Brooks, and he can't not make whatever character he's playing Jewish. He Mel, refers to Mel like, Brooks, he the most to the, concentrated uh, amount of Jew you've ever gotten. Like it's sh- just if you boil down the essence of Judaism, after that is a Mel Brooks. It's what you're the, left like, with. The the Platonic ideal of American Jewry. Yeah. yeah, he's like uh, the the grain alcohol of Jews. Mm-hmm. He's just like 98%. American Jews. He's American. 98% yes, American, Jews. American Jew, and it's just, uh, it's it's beautiful. I love Mel Brooks. I, it, I'm, it, I'm an easy lady. If Bugs for the Bunny guy. was a human being, he'd, he'd be Mel Brooks. 100%. He refers to the, the cap portion of the uh, electric chair as <laughs> the electric yarmulke. Yeah. Yeah. He says uh-huh. he'll fry Kermit till his brains are co- kosher bacon. Yep, kosher yeah, bacon. But he's also a famous doctor from Dusseldorf. Uh-huh. Yes, yep. it, you figure it out, fucker. <laughs> like, it makes no sense, it but it's great. At one point, he licks the machine. Um, oh, just just giving it just giving it his hundred and ten percent, just yeah, like yes. every other human being in this movie. And Absolutely. and Brooks cannot do less than he is doing. Like that is always yeah. the level he's at. And God bless yes. him for it. God bless him for it. Absolutely. God bless him. Miss him already. They, they uh, <laughs> they uh, they escape. Uh, Doc Hopper hires an assassin with a pitchfork gun to kill Kermit. <laughs> No, um, no, they're not. They're, they're those aren't pitchforks. Those are frog giggers. Yeah. Those oh, are frog- gotcha. That is a tool specifically designed for spearing and catching frogs. I did not know that. That's a horrifying. Hey man, uh, when you gotta eat, you gotta eat. Hey, listen, when you down on the bayou, when you down in that delta, you'll get your frog. You'll just. Please don't cancel. Please don't cancel us. Uh, yeah, the, the Muppets, uh, they, they find, Piggy left after she got rescued, but they find her again because she's a Muppet and they need her in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they, she's hitchhiking. They break down in the desert. Gonzo sings that beautiful song, I'm going back there someday. Oh, um, Gonzo tears. made Kevin cry. 
Tears! The, he did. The, he got uh, me. Absolutely. Same here. The, he shot himself out of a cannon and into Kevin's heart. Yeah. <laughs> I love Gonzo. Uh, Who doesn't love Gonzo? What a beautiful uh, said, little man. Uh, the oldest toy I've got is a Gonzo plush. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. They're they're broken down in the desert. Uh, Kermit talks to himself about you know what he's doing. It's the it's a dark night of the soul for uh, for Kermit the Frog. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the dark night in the swamp. The dark night of the swamp. Um, but they are they are rescued by the Electric Mayhem. The Electric Mayhem come back. Because they have the uh, script for the movie that Kermit yes. left with them. <laughs> yes, the the Electric just, Mayhem just referenced not, the script of the movie. Just not to keep a fourth wall going. We knew right where um, you were. But uh, they're heading out, and then the the movies for babies gang absolutely rejoices because it's an opportunity for a staple of the show. Us being anti-cop, they're pulled <laughs> over by a motorcycle cop, uh, and uh, at one point. Dr. Teeth almost calls him a pig, but Miss Piggy, like... (laughs) Another part of the reason I don't care for Miss Piggy, she's a bootlicker. She stops them from saying pig. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But Dr. Teeth, uh, a hero, is ready to just... (laughs) Hey, do you guys smell bacon? I smell bacon. not afraid of no cop. The Electric Mayhem are Antifa. Um, They (laughs) all cops are bastards, man. Yeah, it's... But uh, turns out this uh, this cop is uh, the only other good cop, and it's uh, Max. And Max is uh, he he lets Kermit and the gang know that like, hey, Dog Hopper is waiting for you, and he's going to try to kill you. And uh, Kermit says, "Tell Dog Hopper I'll meet him at the Alamo." And they they go to an old West town <laughs> where, where, where we're introduced to it when a horse skeleton collapses. Amazing. Yes. Which is easily my favorite visual gag in the movie. So good. Uh, Where they run into, uh, of course, fan favorites. Bunsen and Uh, Beaker. Yeah, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker. Uh, And Beaker Beaker is uh, my girlfriend's favorite Muppet. She loves Beaker. Uh, Good choice. And I, hey, Beaker's an incredible Muppet, but you need Bunsen Honeydew, underrated straight man. You know? It, Absolutely. The, the design oh, is great. Yes. The green orb with no eyes but glasses. <laughs> Excellent The eyes bit. without a face. Excellent bit. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the song Eyes Without a Face is about Bunsen Honeybee. <laughs> um, <laughs> but nobody knows uh, what it's like behind no eyes. They, uh, but my new invention will help you see that what it's like. Um, they meet... <laughs> Uh, they meet Bunsen Honeydew, uh, and Kerm- it's Kermit, Floyd Pepper, and Animal, which is a strange trio. But they meet Bunsen mm-hmm. Honeydew, and Bunsen Honeydew shows off his latest invention, uh, Blue Chew. And, uh, <laughs> the pill that helps parts of you grow. Yes. And uh, thank you, Kevin. I, I, I love it. that fucking podcaster just selling like fucking rhino pills now. It was like, it yeah. was inevitable that we would translate from meal boxes and mattresses to boner pills and i'm to glad we're just finally there C- no and cbd and cbd, CBD but like and, uh, for hymns blue chew manscape it's all penis shit now it was inevitable yeah. but I'm, I'm glad we finally reached that point it's not blue chew what's the other one that you said for hymns yeah for um, hymns quote, this episode to, of comedy bang bang is brought to you by spanish fly spanish uh, fly <laughs> To quote Hayes Davenport from Hollywood Handbook, four hymns taught me that penis is spelt P E is not spelt P E N U S. Um, 
But uh, <laughs> Kermit meets with Doc Hopper and just gives this like beautiful speech. Is like we're all, me and all my friends are united for the same goal, and we want to make people happy, and that's what makes us a family. Uh, and just it's like a a beautiful speech, heartwarming. And so Doc Hopper, uh, and you have being Kermit evil, in his little cowboy boots. His yes, little, he's wearing little, little cowboy, cowboy hat. boots. He's Cowboy hat. And I love that uh, shot of like all the bad guys amassed and Kermit back to the camera. Just obviously like a Kermit standee that they yeah. put yeah. right there. But it's such a, a great Kermit visual stand-in. of Kermit it's Cowboy great. staring down Doc Hopper and his gang. It's really good. Uh, cowboy mm. Kermit. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Cowboy uh, Kermit was my favorite uh, Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> early role. Yeah, yeah, my favorite <laughs> Pee Wee Herman character. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, the, um, Doc Hopper reacts to this the only way an evil business knows how to, and he, he tries to kill Kermit. But, uh, a giant animal, animal, he ate the blue chew, and he comes out of the roof of Bunsen Honeydew's lab, uh, and scares off Doc Hopper and the, uh, the, the, the guy with the, the frog, uh, the frog gun. G- um, frog gigger. Frog, I, I know what it was, but I didn't want to say it because that word, uh, anything, I think we should just get rid of words with that I-G-G-E-R suffix. I agree. It's just, uh, it's just, yeah, we should, we should undo, get, get as far away from it as we possibly, it's too dangerous. All right, it, all right, it, yeah, no, dangerous. you're right, I'll, I'll stop saying it. It just never makes me happy to hear those, uh... <laughs> Five letters, six letters. It doesn't uh, matter what the first letter of the word is. We have to run away from it. Five, two, six. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, whatever it is, it just bums me out. It's, uh, it's, uh, they they spoiled the broth. Um, (laughs) but, uh, the gang makes it to Hollywood, and they meet Cloris Leachman and Orson Welles. Uh, Orson Welles playing Lou Lord, which is a reference to the producer of this movie, Lou Grade. Uh, yeah. A guy who got the Muppets kind of off the ground. Again, um, the uh, greatest one scene performance in ci- one line performance in yes. cinema. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's perfect. It's exquisite. Absolutely. Um, it, and then, it, it's exactly what you would want out of your Orson Welles. And you absolutely like. There's no one else if who could. If be. you don't want Citizen Kane, you want this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there's no like. Maybe like George C. Scott or something, but I just I don't even think that's like the right. No, magnitude. no, th- th- no. He doesn't have the same. Just literally wait. Yeah, just the <laughs> the commanding like a presence of the like the only mm-hmm. other option would be uh, to have Vincent D'Onofrio's body and Maurice Lamarche's voice, like they do in Ed Wood. Like it is mm-hmm. the only answer for who could be yeah. Lord on the other side of the deck. You have Cloris Leachman as well as the, as the secretary, um, another Mel Brooks spheroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize the, uh, I didn't realize the connections until now. Oh yeah. But it's and, really and, just... and also Orson Welles was in, uh, was the narrator for history of the world. Part one. That's true. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, and uh, the is, only thing so wait, we are is, missing is, is technically Wilder. a Mel Brooks movie. I mean, I <laughs> it's I, my favorite Mel Brooks if it is. It's uh, <laughs> it's an exquisite uh, uh, piece of work. I think it's just that, like, okay, we're making a comedy in the 1970s. Who is the undisputed best comedy filmmaker of the 70s? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it's like, a, how a, could we not have like the only thing they're missing is Gene Wilder. That's the only yeah. aspect that they're missing is that he is. I don't think he's in any of these movies. None. Um, None. Of them aware. But Gene Wilder that just is also like aren't in any of them. 
He's also, like, he's mostly a... retired at this point. Like, by yes. 1979, we barely get any more Gene Wilder. It's almost over. Mm-hmm. This is not a Mel Brooks movie, but this is, like, a cousin to a Mel Brooks movie. This is Yes. A, it's this the is same a... energy. Like, if Mel Brooks yes. made a puppet movie, it would be pretty close to what we get here. They get the contract from Orson Welles, and they get to make a movie, and it's uh, the only movie the Muppets know how to make, which is just a big, beautiful song and dance number. There's a reprise of Rainbow <laughs> the Connection. The movie you just saw. And it, yeah, uh, it's yeah, always bold the movie. to end your movie on, look at the adventure we've been on in this movie, because yes. if your movie stinks, then it's just like so self-serving. But in the Muppet mm-hmm. movie, it's like, oh, I did, oh, yeah, remember, oh, uh, remember that? Oh, remember when we? Oh, I missed that. And it's it it's good. And it that, works. And and because and of the Muppets, of the, they destroy it almost immediately. Almost yes. immediately. Uh, the that rainbow shines in and and lands on all the Muppets. Apparently, uh, one of the uh, one of the puppet, of Muppets. Apparently, one of the puppeteers for that sequence was Tim Burton, uh, which is a fun little piece of trivia. I believe uh, it. But like they, they sing. Uh, the, a reprise of the Rainbow Connection, and they sing thanks to the lovers, the dreamers, and you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like weeping, just weep, just cry, just Life while they're bathed movie. in when they're uh, when they're bathed in the rainbow, and it's it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the Muppet movie. And I, what a what a beautiful little artifact. It's it's funny, it's silly, it's sweet. It has mm-hmm. a lot of great songs in it. Uh, it's, uh, the, I don't know. There's a, there's a reason that we still know the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this movie is just, it's, 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 it's beautiful. I just, I just love it. It's just, it's, I love it. <laughs> I just it's love a, the movie. Legitimately one of my favorite movies. The, I think the only thing that, for me, that keeps it away from just being like, a sto- like the only thing, the only mark I have against it is that Miss Piggy number, that song, "Never Before, Never Again." Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. It just it slows the movie down a whole bunch, and like I it don't does, know, it I does just... have funny uh, Kermit running and flowing uh, shirts. So at least we have that like very funny yeah. image. <laughs> to, and Kermit, to latch despite onto. Kermit being a frog, he's drowning in the ocean. Uh, you know, just yeah. like stuff like uh, that. Like, uh, but, uh, read yeah. my lips, alligators. <laughs> But yeah, just a just a just a classic. As I said, something that uh, I a movie that I think about a lot that I, I hold close to my heart. A movie that is ref, uh, that I've referenced in the the creative endeavors I've I've taken on. Uh, just a, uh, a a beautiful movie. Uh, a movie that you cannot go wrong watching. Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. Uh, and there are other good Muppet movies. I just don't think they can swing at this movie i just i i don't think they can make in the same way that like i like life of brian i like a lot of parts of uh meaning meaning of life life. but but they just don't have what holy grail has Mm -hmm. um they just they they as much as i love the the sequence in meaning of life where john cleese is teaching the sex education class like as much as that has like some of my favorite python bits it just it can't come at holy grail um and of course the miss piggy song of holy grail is the castle anthrax sequence which no one thinks is funny 
Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair. Uh, it slows. It goes on way too long. It slows the entire movie down. Literally uh, had forgotten it's not that. Funny. We I get wiped it. that scene from my mind, uh-huh. and you brought it back. Uh-huh. It's like, do you get it? He's a chase knight, and all the ladies want to have sex with him. Do you get it? Uh, and it just goes on for way too long. Just like and Miss also Piggy's they song. all have all the all the all the all these beautiful babes have gross names mm-hmm. do you get it do you get it the nurses are are winston and crapper do you get it do you get it <laughs> um Zoot yeah, and, yeah. I, i'm glad you're on the the same page with me about the yeah, castle anthrax uh, sequence yeah that, that's a that's a good, very good parallel yeah it's uh i would say that the next best i think as the muppet movies go on it's this diminishing returns because I think the next best one is Muppet Caper, mm-hmm. and which is a which is a nice movie. There's a lot of good stuff in and, Muppet Caper, and Muppet Caper is like uh, is like as, a life. As Charles Grodin as a man who's in love with yeah, Miss Piggy. Muppet Caper uh, is I the I most love. comedic one of the original batch. Like it's the most trying to be a comedy. Just having Beauregard as a taxi driver. <laughs> Beauregard rules. Uh, uh, again, Charles Grodin and his like troop of models oh that are master thieves rules. Uh, the oh, what's the hotel? All the bits in the hotel. Oh, the Happiness Hotel. Um, <laughs> the Happiness Hotel. Yeah, Happiness Hotel. Uh, uh, all good. Muppet Caper is good. The Peter Falk bit is exquisite. It's a perfect <laughs> bit of comedy. It's been a long time since I've seen Muppet Caper, but I feel like, and I could be wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like Muppet movie feels like a very American movie, and Muppet Caper feels like a very it British is. movie. I agree. Beyond it just being set, no, in, yeah, it, 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 it just has yeah. like it's, a very it's British goofier, but also like, uh-huh. uh huh. It, it's also just a tighter, more narrative-driven movie. Yeah, and so like I think like maybe not saying Muppet Caper is a mm-hmm. bad movie, but because like. There's just a a, a a heart. There's a, a cultural gap that you well, have the, to the road trip movie That's, is a uh, thoroughly American story format. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's interesting that we've gotten through an entire review of this movie and have not even mentioned the director's name one time. He was a TV uh, director. Uh, he is, was a director for like a bunch of episodes of the Muppet Show, right? He directs a lot of TV. You know, he did, like, there's a lot of connections, like, oh, he did some of the Paper Moon TV series, uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, uh, but, like, he does the Muppet movies a bunch, or does Mm -hmm. this one, the one Muppet movie, a bunch of TV movies, something called, like, Fraternity Vacation, like, it's so strange to me that the director of the Muppet movies is no one. I'm sorry, the Muppet movie mm-hmm. singular is like it's nobody, and we keep citing the auteurs as Henson specifically, but Oz. Mm. Um, there, 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 there's, uh, and there's like three or four David more. Crowley or Goals. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's just it's I don't know. I think that's interesting. Yeah, because like none of them wrote it either, did they? No. Uh, so like, Frank I, know, cool. I know the guy who wrote it Frank was Oz one of a... the main writers for the Muppet Show. Okay. Frank Oz has a creative consultant that credit, which is know. interesting. Yeah, that could mean That's literally, true. that could mean almost nothing, or it could mean everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it could go either way. 
Um, I don't know. That's just that's a fact that I find very very fascinating because Henson directs Great Muppet mm-hmm. Caper. Like it is Jim Henson um, on on Muppet Caper. Oz did uh, uh, Muppet Oz did Manhattan, Manhattan is Frank Oz. Yeah, and Brian Henson does uh, Treasure Island, Christmas Carol. Uh, Henson is a or Brian Henson is a huge Rizzo guy. He just loves. He made Rizzo like a main cast <laughs> member. Oh, Brian Henson! Uh, didn't he also do the Happy Time Murders? Yes, he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I everyone forgot remember the Happy movie. Time Murders? Like, like everyone else, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It would be weird to not mention James Froley's name at least one time. Who left yeah. us last year. I, he he was oh, alive no, through God. 2019. Condolences. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, to the families of the family Rizzo of Rizzo and Power. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I'm sorry you died, dear. Do you, uh, do you need all these belongings? <laughs> That's my Rizzo. Do you think I can go over Let to me talk to my cousin. Should I have said Rizzo in power or Rest in Piggy? Either. I think Riz- <laughs> They're, uh, I'm not going to lie. They're both good. <laughs> They're both good. You could have gone with either. Uh, but this says, uh, I don't think we, I think we're going to eventually phase out rankings uh, for this show because we'll just cover too many movies. But the Muppets movie is easily the best movie we've covered so far. <laughs> The Muppets movie, oh, well, the Muppet yeah, movie yeah. is the best movie we've covered so far, and if we stick to our game plan of what we're going to be covering in the next couple couple months, it's going to be the best movie that we were we've reviewed ever. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know, guys. <laughs> we're gonna watch North at some point. I promise you that. Watch what? North. North. Francis Ford Coppola's North. Oh um, yes, of course. Or no, is it Rob Reiner's North? Is it Reiner? The Elijah Wood North. Yeah, Elijah Wood's North. I think it's a Rob Reiner joint. But but anyway, yeah, the Muppets movie. I mean, what the fuck could we possibly cover on this show that's going to be better than this? Like, like mm-hmm. if we do like Finding Nemo, maybe <laughs> I don't know why we would. But like yeah, that is like, that is where we'll start. Like, okay, this might. But like next month we're doing Goosebumps. Goosebumps is a good flick. It's not Muppet movie good. No, <laughs> no. no. I think, We'd like, have to watch, like, a Miyazaki movie. Right. Or, like, <laughs> Who Framed Roger yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, if we I do, think, like, like, Totoro, maybe we'll talk. We talked about, like, Paddington and Paddington 2. Like, we just mentioned them. And, like, I think Paddington and Paddington 2 are better movies than the Muppet movie, but they still don't scratch that same. There's just something about, like, the atmosphere of the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. That... Muppet movies got grit. Yeah, that no, that I can't think it's of any got other that movies. Seventies grit. Exactly. There's very few movies that I can think of that have that same texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, and so it's because they're that real like, puppets. They they yes. occupy a physical space and they have a visible, literal texture. Like you can touch yes. them and go, oh yeah, that's what I know what they feel like. And so like, there are movies that are in the technical sense uh, that we might. There's movies that we'll cover in the future that on a technical sense, might be better than this one, but just aren't better just by virtue of this being what it is. Yeah. And, you know, at least the next two we're covering are, like, really interesting, well-made, like, fun movies to to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, we're doing a couple of, like, interesting franchise joints that are at least, like, at least feel like labors of love for the people that made them in a way yeah. that like Sonic or Artemis Fowl didn't. <laughs> yeah. And, no. 
Uh, do we, do we want to announce our Narcy. schedule? I don't know how many people are going to care, but do we want to... Uh, I think we're cool. We announced go, uh, Goosebumps. Goosebumps is next. Or, uh, the, the, I think we're cool with just leaving it at that. Yeah, the Goosebumps movie from a few years yeah. back uh, from Jeff Letterman, uh, the director of uh, Detective, Detective Pikachu, Pikachu, which is a good movie. Like, Way like better the best than it movie. has any right to be. I just rewatched was... it on the exercise bike this week, and like it's like Goosebumps. It's like really good like good characterization very fun very watchable and it's not the best movie you've ever seen but like has shows such a remarkable competence for making a it fun it is the best movie you will movie. watch on an airplane absolutely uh, if, you're, was, uh, if you have a two-hour flight and goosebumps is on there but yeah lean back there was Enjoy. a brief period of uh, 2019 where i was like Oh my god, am I going to go through 2019 in my favorite movie having have favorite new movie of the year having been Detective Pikachu? Like, I was like <laughs> is, it, is nothing going to get better than this? And I I found things that I liked better. Like 2019 had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean uh, like the, uh Parasite, Knives Out, Little Women, Booksmart, Once yes, Upon a exactly. Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story. Uh but yeah, but Detective Pikachu I think made my like top 15. You know, like, yeah. I liked Dolomite is my name more, but, like, Detective Pikachu, that's a solid top 15 if you got 15 there movies a, better than Detective Pikachu. There was a there was a time in 2019 where, like, Detective Pikachu was the he- at the head of the pack, and I was like, am I really going to come out of this year <laughs> thinking that this is the best movie of the year? It was, it was a weird time, and then, you know, like... I'm going to say now, you could do worse. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's, and, that, and, you know, and that's <laughs> nothing compared to 2020, where, like, the best theater... The best movie I've seen in theaters is the only movie I've seen in theaters, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> like, like, Jesus cannot Christ. cannot wait for Sonic to, be, to get Best Picture next year. <laughs> no, please, God... Uh, I, I, I am holding out for, uh, Def Five Bloods, uh, that, like, maybe we can get Spike his best, uh, picture Oscar oh. in a year where he's competing against, like, The Hunt. <laughs> like, the hunt. The, which was a good flick. I really enjoyed The Hunt. Uh, uh, but it's, it's a, it's gonna be a weird year at the old, bo- I, is, like, Palm Springs it's, gonna be in the, in the five? Like, is the movie Palm I'm looking, gonna the movie I'm looking the most forward, the movie I'm looking most forward to, there's two movies I'm looking most forward to in the year 2020, and that's The Godfather 3 re-edit and Grizzly 2. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> movies that are getting finished after years of right. being... Uh, unfinished what's or finished that, badly. What's that David Arquette movie uh, that I hear is really da- good? David Arquette Cannot Die. It's a documentary about him being a professional wrestler. Do it. Be- best picture. Do it. <laughs> David yeah. Arquette Can't Die. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm all uh, for it. Yeah, uh, David Arquette trained by the librarian, Peter Avalon, in AEW. Right. Uh, I said, yeah, I'll like, take it. Fuck it. Hell yeah. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Literally, what is stopping you? There are no more rules ever. But just go for it, Academy. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, This uh, uh, has been our Movies for Babies about the Muppet movie. Uh, Hopefully it was a... I have one last question. Yes. Oh. Which Muppet are you? Which Muppet am I? Yeah, you can't say... None of us can say Fozzie. Oh, okay, shit. Well, fuck. Uh, give me a second, then. I have to rethink this. I think we all we all wish we were Kermit. 
right? Yeah. We all wish we were like this melancholy, had... lovable hero. Mm-hmm. Gonzo is good. I've Give had two people that I love and respect at very different times in my life, uh, years apart from each other, both tell me that I was Kermit, but I don't know that I agree. Uh, I, I feel like I would love to be a Kermit, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm a Gonzo. It's almost like calling yourself a, Superman. It's yeah. like, how dare yeah. you compare yourself to Kermit? See, how I dare? would uh, peg you as a Kermit, though. I would absolutely peg you as a Kermit burn. Really? Uh, I would love to be one, but I feel like my art is too weird and I'm too weird looking <laughs> to be. <laughs> oh, weirder like, looking than a frog who is a puppet? <laughs> With a weird yeah, neck I mean, growth? Well, visually, if we're talking just on a visual level, I'm probably Sweetums. <laughs> See, that's who! Like... It's not who I want to be, but I know I am Sweetums because I go <laughs> Hey guys, just... come on, No, literally, the two most common refrains of my life are, are, oh, I'm sorry, and, hey guys, wait up! I was also leaning towards Sweetums. Um, now, oh, I don't know. Lose Zealand. <laughs> there's, there's a person who, uh, who kind of sucks, but they made a quote that I really enjoyed. They were talking about a teacher at Webster University, uh, and they said that this teacher was like Oscar the Grouch, but without Oscar the Grouch, so he's just a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, that might be me. That might be uh, that. That might be who I am. Damn, Kevin, I'm sorry. I think I have to immediately break my premise because you 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 are Fozzy. Like, yeah, I was well, like, like, like I, from hat to tie, you're a Fozzy. I I simply have to agree with you, and I was really like struggling. I'm like, which fucking fucking puppet am I? Uh, and I'm glad you allowed me to be Fozzy because that is the one I feel in my soul. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd buy that. I have a question for you guys. Waka, waka. Waka, <laughs> Here's waka, my waka. question to leave waka. us out on. Uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> do you? Here's Whoa. my question to, to for you guys. Do you think that if David Arquette cannot die one Best Picture at the Oscars, Christopher Nolan would shoot himself in the head? <laughs> All right, I fucking forgot about Tenet. Uh, Tenet. So did, so the movie that they so like everyone else. They refuse to, like, release that movie in a way that makes sense. So they released it, like, the same day as New Mutants, which is also a theater exclusive. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think is going to see your movie, Chris? Who the fuck do you think is going? I would pay, I would write, I would pay Christopher Nolan 20 US dollars to watch Tenet at home right now. I would. But they won't do it. And so, like, they're just, they're, their opening weekend for Tenet was $20 million, which for a Christopher Nolan movie is, like, you shitting on Christopher Nolan's family. You upturning a bucket <laughs> yeah. of Biff Tannen, yeah. like, b- crate of horse shit onto his family. He it's, made his money back on Insomnia with the box office of, for, uh, right, of Tenet. Of Tenet. But, like, why are you doing this, Chris? Yeah, I I, I hope David Arquette can't die. With, I hope, if only to show up Chris, I do hope that Sonic wins Best Picture. <laughs> oh, and they bring up, like when, like, when Yoda appeared at the MTV Movie Awards, I hope that, like, <laughs> they animate Sonic to get up to the stage, and he's like... Whoa! Hey, <laughs> you know what I hope it is. I this is what I hope it is. I hope 
Sonic wins the best picture for this reason. I hope they're like, and now to accept the award for best picture for Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. And what it is is you see the podium and the Oscars on the podium. And then you see a blue blur and the Oscars gone. And that's what it is. <laughs> just a, Thanks. <laughs> and then the Oscars gone. And it's just a, 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 a still shot. Just, <laughs> just the empty stage. Just Woo! three layers. <laughs> just podium, blue blur. Back of the stage. I'd like <laughs> Just to thank three my layers. agent. I'd like to thank the Donut Lord. Oh, this has been our two and a half hour about the Muppets uh, movie. Uh, the first time we've done like a two plus hour version of this for a movie that fucking deserves it. For a movie that like <laughs> deserves to be rapturously talked about for over two and a half hours. Uh, Check it out. Watch, fucking Muppet, worth it. watch a Muppet movie. You watch a Muppet movie. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. I know you have access to Disney Plus. You fucks listening to this. I know you do. Watch the Muppet movie. Don't I watch DVD Mulan. Like, like, come on. Yeah, like, come on. Just watch the Muppet movie, y'all. Just come watch on. The Muppet movie. Come on. And then watch Goosebumps if you want to get ahead of us for next time. Yeah. Yes. Good spooky movie. Not Goosebumps Welcome to the Jungle or whatever the sequel is called. Uh, don't watch that. Nobody saw that. Which jungle are they being welcomed into? The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. I don't know. <laughs> jungle. The Beast from the East. Yeah, the Beast from the East. The fucking Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Welcome to the Swamp Jungle. I don't care. <laughs> you can't live with them. You can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it cause the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. I see what you mean. It's no good complaining and pointless to holler. If she's a beauty, she'll get under your collar. She made a monkey out of old King Kong. I hope that something better comes along. Still, it's fun when you're fetching and agree to see an etching that you keep at your lily pad. There is no solution, it's part of evolution. The bitter patter of souls, the little feet of tadpoles. Uh, tadpoles don't have feet. Oh, sorry about that. Two, three, four. There's no limitation to mixing and matching. Some get an itching for a critter they've been scratching. A skunk was badgered, the results were strong. I hope that something better, I hope that something better, I hope that something better comes along. Huh. It's not often you see a guy that green have the blues that bad.